0: Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. We're off to a a great
2: start today, and we'll get to that in a second. This show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. I am Michael Ball. Host of the show, voice of the Rough Riders. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We're available everywhere. On the regular airwaves as we've been for like, what, 90 years? At uh, 620 CKRM. Used to be 980 CKRM. Now it's 620 CKRM. I don't even think there's anything on 980. That's a dead frequency. That was but we, a, got six, yeah. we got 620 now, baby. Uh, but you can get a hold of us... Anywhere. Go to our website six hundred twenty carem dot com for all the information. We know local news has become a big deal now that that uh Mark Zuckerberg and the government are fighting, yeah. so we can't get... Uh, he likes to block our stuff, We huh? can't get our stuff on there, but you can go to our 620 CKRM site, and we're always available at the app, 620 CKRM app. You can get us in the tractor, on your phone, like I did yesterday listening to Zinger and uh, Ryan Hall called their first ever game together, a Rams game, that is. Um, you can get us at the lake, wherever. Please do so. Uh, And we're always available in podcast form wherever you get that. Uh, Our text line is powered by the Capital Auto Group at 936-6262. And you can also call that number locally or 1-866-767-0620. Well, Sean Kleisinger, you were behind the mic yesterday for the Regina Rams game versus the Manitoba Bisons, a preseason tilt. I listened to the first half and then I... Uh, really zoned in on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers game, not because I didn't think you were doing a good job, but you know how preseason goes after the first guys are out. Um, I'm not really dialed in much. No disrespect to the kids, but I was on to something else because I had to watch the Bomber game for my own show prep for the upcoming week is the 58th Labor Day Classic is coming. Your thoughts on A, your broadcast, and B, uh, more specifically, what you saw in the field yesterday. Yeah, well,
3: first of all, I think the broadcast went great. You know, mm-hmm. broadcast went great. You know, it's preseason, so, uh, you know, that's a good uh, starting point. Things are only going to get better from here as far as the round. Your
2: second ever game, too. I thought you did a great job describing things. It was good. Yeah. Uh, it's tough, though. That's a dog's breakfast doing any type of preseason, even the CFL, even when you know some of the guys. Yeah,
3: it's a lot of guys wearing the same numbers. Yeah. A lot of guys not having names on the back of their jerseys. Mm-hmm. Every single play, it kind of seemed like guys were subbing in or out, but... No excuses, baby. It was a good broadcast. Mm-hmm. And going forward, it's going to be fun because one week, yeah, it's one week from today is the is the season opener. UBC Thunderbirds.
2: My 51st birthday Rams yeah. against the UBC Thunderbirds. Blake Nell bringing in his team, and he's bringing in Mason Nice, the Regina kid, the new coach on the team. And apparently he is turning heads there as a coach with UBC. So that'll be Hopefully good. Hopefully
3: they send us some depth charts. I've well, heard i heard historically maybe. Let's get a
2: hole of ice. He'll yeah. probably help us out. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll. We got a we got a mole there now. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned college numbers. I'll I'll be casually like I'll be watching my son's game mm-hmm. and in American college you have bigger rosters. So you'll have a thirty five, which is Ethan's number on defense, and then on offense I'll be like, well, Ethan's playing running back? Yeah, oh, no, wait, wait, wait yeah. that dude's got long hair. It's
3: very confusing. I think yeah. like 75 players or something were dressed on both teams. Yeah. It was just a cluster. Five
2: quarterbacks, eh? Five quarterbacks. Who looked played, good there?
3: Uh, well, Owen Sieben. he went f- uh, six for six, 89 yards. The That's
2: fir- the 6'3", 183-pound lanky dude out of BC, right?
3: Yeah, from Langley, BC. It was his first time out there for the Rams. He completed all six of his, pa- uh, his passes. Now, albeit 57 of those yards, Came on a nice screenplay to Javon Garwood in the third quarter. Who's
2: I couldn't remember the name, and then I remember that dude won the Canadian Bowl against the the Rams with Okanagan.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, against Uh, the Thunder. Pardon me. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the same dude. He's now a Ram and. Well, he might be our clutch performer today. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Okay. Well, <laughs> a little know. Foreshadowing there, yeah. yeah. yeah so. He played really good, though. He had, Garwood had the touchdown at the goal line there in the third quarter I as well. I didn't
2: hear, maybe I missed it. Did Galvin play the kicker?
3: No, Aldo Gavin did not play. Is he on the team? Aldo Gavin is on the team. He is uh, nursing a bit of a
2: injury right okay. now, so
3: okay. Isaac Wagner was, yeah, was I, doing some I, of the Yeah, uh, I uh, saw
2: some different stuff. We'll get into uh, some Ram talk at the end of the day. We got our uh, highlight package from yesterday, our Ram Rewind. We call it Ram Page, and we'll also hear from Josh Donnelly. Interesting. I'd like to catch up with him and ask him. You probably have. I haven't, but I did the, I'm going to be doing the interview, and it's like uh, I'd like to know, like, uh, It's got to be a weird feeling for him. This should be his team. He should be behind the center, and he's now on the sidelines because, unfortunately, of concussions, right? But Mm -hmm. uh, he's now in the coaching world, so we'll talk to him. I think he made the right decision, though. Oh, absolutely. Anytime that... Absolutely. Speaking of concussions, uh, Zach Kolaros coming back from what they call the neck injury, but I think neck and concussion, kind of the same thing. Anyway, Zach threw two pick sixes yesterday, but the... uh, Bombers went on to outscore the Alouettes 27-0 in the second half and beat the visiting Owls 47-17. So, so check this out. Check this out. So they had two pick sixes. Two. Not one, but two. That was a 47-3 score, if not for the defense of the Owls. At this point, folks, and you can weigh in anything you want. At this point, folks, it's going to sound like I'm hating. I want to point this out. I was the guy here that, when he got here, did the first interview with him, defended this guy all the way through. Even last year, when my buddy Luke Mullender and Wes Cates, two former riders, were saying, this guy isn't that great. He's not that good. They were calling him out for his attitude and his play. I'm talking Cody Fajardo. So I stuck up for this guy all the way. Till the end of the year, when I said, hey, I don't think he's mentally tough enough to be the quarterback of the Rough Riders. And without going into it, on new, He blocked me on social media after he caught wind of that, whether he heard it or whatever, which proved my point. And then there have been a couple of other instances where I won't go into it personally, where he's proven to me exactly what I said. Okay? All right? And then as I talk to people who are closer to him, they're like, yeah, that's kind of what you see is what you get. So I did stick up for this guy. But I'm going to tell you right now, he is painful Absolutely dreadful to watch play quarterback. Like Steve Sarkeesian back in the day, you could say have a, would have a rocket arm compared to this guy. He couldn't break a pane of glass, he couldn't break a pane of glass or peanut brittle with a pass. it, it is unbelievable. Guys are open, they gotta come back. <laughs> that side that 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 sideline throw.
3: I didn't see any of the game break it down li- for me. He
2: threw a sideline out that almost got picked off. Then he threw one that did get picked off. It went slower than my first pedal bike. Like, it was terrible. At this point, this guy is no better than a backup quarterback. He's a glorified backup quarterback. And people went back and forth with me on Twitter. Some agreed, some didn't agree. I kind of... uh relented a bit too but I'll say this Cody Fajardo is the equivalent of Casey Printers and or John Jennings Hmm. all three of those guys had great years.
3: Well, I see where we're okay.
2: And all three of those guys are flashes in the pan. Now, Printers was the most athletic of those three. He had a he nice did, arm. He did win MOP. Yeah, he had a nice arm, but he wasn't great reading defenses, and mm-hmm. a lot of times couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with his arm. So it's great if you got a great arm, but if you can't hit anybody, guess who you are? Michael Bishop or Joe 747 Adams. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind... so. Cody Fajardo is Casey Printers or John Jennings. Remember Jennings the year? Yeah, he was yeah. unbelievable with the Lions.
3: I think it was the last year of uh, Taylor Field when Jennings was yeah. the starter
2: for the Lions 20,
3: 2016 Yeah, there. Like he was he lighting it was up
2: he was five thousand yards or whatever the heck it was. Dude was on fire. And he
3: needs he just... to be a part of a "Where Are They Now" segment. I think well, John we had him on,
2: we had him on before Cody got signed here. Remember? Yeah, when we did. Co- yeah. When I was uh, when I was a part time yeah. host or backup host when yeah. DT was gone, yeah. I would I would get the guests in. Yeah. We actually talked CFL yep. when I hosted the show. Yep. And so so then, uh, you know, so I I, I call him up and, you know, we were thinking, okay, John Jennings or Cody Fajardo. I'll tell you what, man. And then you watch people go on Twitter and say, oh, well, come on, man. Come on, man. He didn't have any protection in Saskatchewan. Really? Because going into this year, I heard the Montreal offensive line was great. And I saw him get sacked left, uh, left and right yesterday. Here's something for you. Cody Fajardo is 0-9 versus Zach Kalaros, his old teammate, in head-to-head matchups. 0-9. He can't beat anybody good. He can't beat anybody good. And if you remember the last time he did have a real meaningful win, I think, was remember it was the 2021 semifinal game against Calgary. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't he serve up four INTs in that game? And the only reason the Riders won is because Calgary's special teams were unremarkable that day. Parrot doesn't miss field goals. He was missing all over the place. Right. And
0: we returned returned
2: a kickoff or a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah. So.
3: I wonder how Caleb Evans feels. You know, he won two two games in a row for the Owls, and then he sits
2: and watches that. At this point, he needs to be the backup. (laughs) He needs to be the backup for Caleb Evans. Evans won two, like you said. Cody. Honestly, watch him throw. It is so painful. I know it's painful. I know it's painful.
3: I didn't bother watching those highlights. uh, Yeah, I wouldn't either. But this is a
2: cautionary tale. This is a cautionary tale for uh, in in this respect, we anoint guys too fast at quarterback. Right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's on the Jake Dolagala train, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't. He had a great game. Hopefully, he takes the next step. Everybody was on the Jake Mayer train, including the Calgary Stampeders. Everybody, and and you got to admit, they didn't really like, do you take Bo or Jake? The way Jake's playing is no worse or better than Bo. (laughs) But you got Jake, you got, so you Jake Mayer, you anointed Dane Evans, right? We jump on these guys way too fast. Just let it breathe and let's see how it goes. Because all of a sudden, Cody's this MOP. Cody an MOP!
3: <laughs>
2: come on. Oh, come on. So that's the one thing. And the other thing, it, I won't say that we are in a crisis, as other people use the word for quarterbacking, but we're definitely in a situation where we need to find the next guys. Because there is no way Cody Fajardo should be a starting quarterback in the Canadian Football League. Maybe Curtis Rourke? He could be, mm-hmm. but at six five two thirty, dude's going to yeah, get a shot gonna at gonna training look, camp. Yeah.
3: Wouldn't that yeah. be nice? Imagine yeah. having both Rourke quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League and maybe mm-hmm. like a nice rivalry happening. <laughs> one quarterback here in Saskatchewan, yeah. one, in, one in Winnipeg after yeah. Clarus goes or something. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Just 936-6262, the number to text. You can call that locally or one 767 620 Am I wrong? Maybe I'm being overly critical of Cody Fajardo. Maybe I'm being too hard on him. Maybe he is a good quarterback. Co- if you look at it, though, he's probably the fourth-best quarterback in the CFL. What does that tell you?
3: Ooh, is he?
2: Right uh, now, right now, who would you take? You got Chad Kelly. You got Zach Klaros. Who else? You, like, starters right now in the league. Yeah. Nope. Would you take Trey Ford over Cody? Not yet. Not a big enough sample size. Anybody in Hamilton? You know, no. I, 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 I Vernon might.
3: Adams, you would. I might take Trey Ford over Maybe. Cody Fajardo. Maybe. I might. Maybe. Maybe. I just might do that. Vernon ballsy. Adams
2: for sure. Vernon Adams for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, when Trevor Harris is healthy, he's the second best quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm gathering, he's gonna be back in October. So if the Riders can tread water, look out. It's wide open. Oh, and by the way, yes, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are nine and two, but they escaped the last three games with wins. They were they they were ripe for the taking yesterday. They were on the brink. They were ripe for the taking yesterday even though they ended up winning by 30. Edmonton and Calgary they should have lost to uh, to those teams there. They should have got beaten by the lowly Alberta teams and didn't. So they're going to come in here, they're going to come in cocky it's going to be fun. The Bombers, it's the 58th Labor Day Classic. They've won the last two, three of the past six. They haven't won three in a row Labor Day Classics in the last 40 years. I hope Jake and the gang can keep them at bay. Because I think Jake's going to start a quarterback when they come back. I think oh, yeah. you pretty he much got to. to give Jake to. the start for sure. Um so yeah, 936-6262. How you feeling about that? We're going to take a break. I'm going to get into this whole TJ Brunson thing because I lit Twitter afire with that too. You're listening to the sports cage for Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years here on 620 CKRM.
0: Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
2: Got a great text at 936-6262. Glad to hear your voice is back to normal, Ballsy. It's getting there. And Zinger and Hall did a fine job on the Rams game. Yes, they did. They're already the best broadcast crew in U Sports football. And they just did one game together. So we'll see how they do once the regular season hits. It's a uh, 7 o'clock kickoff next Friday here, one week from today. Some great radio announcer's birthday. I can't remember his name, but yeah, what's his name? I can't remember, but anyway, it's my birthday too that day. I'll be fifty-one, uh, and it's the Rams and the and the UBC Thunderbirds. I will not be there. I will be down south watching my kid getting set to take on Drake University. But I will be listening to the game. No doubt about it. If you can't get to the game, make sure you're listening. Okay, so TJ Brunson, I just put a, a tweet up, uh, retweeted the writer's tweet at um, at the Real Ballsy. You can follow me there. that would be great. Lots of good things going on over there. Lots of cat calling and everything, and I'll get to that in a second. So anyway, um, so TJ Brunson. Here's a guy, New York Giants product, comes to training camp late. He's been hanging around since training camp, Zinger. That means he's making practice roster money. That means a good day on a practice roster on a Tuesday's extra cheese on the macaroni, okay? And he's an American, so I don't even know. What do they make? 750 a week? They make 750 a week. That's like 500 American, okay? Uh, taxes and everything. He's making. He's playing for the love of the game. Okay, so this is a guy that's been biding his time, trying to get onto our roster. Uh, Rough Riders are up seven three with a buck fifty four to go in the opening quarter. Lines just kicked a field goal last time they had the football. So you got Terry Williams who's averaging twelve point two yards a punt return. Okay, mm-hmm. gets the ball inside his. uh about his 15 yard line and TJ Brunson's running down there, man. He wants to make an impression, okay? TJ Brunson's a big dude. Terry Williams is a small dude. TJ Brunson gets around a block and he's coming in full steam kamikaze style. You know what's unique to the CFL? We actually return damn kicks. Terry Williams comes up and he get, he tries to cut to his left. TJ Brunson's coming in from left to right and TJ Goes down to make the tackle, but once again he's big, Brunson small. It ends up being a helmet to helmet high collision, okay? Wasn't intentional, it's just the way that it is. Because guess what, Zinger? What are, what sport are we talking about again? Football. Is it flag football or tackle football? No, footer? no. It's gridiron football. Yeah, it's football. Okay, and 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 so when you sign up for a contact sport, you're going to be contacted, okay? So riddle be this Batman. Why does a guy who's making no money get fined for that. But Coney Ely, and I'm glad he didn't get fined, but he doesn't get fined for mowing over a star quarterback in Zach Claros. There was no fine divvied up there, okay? No suspension, no fine. But this guy here, this guy here gets fined. And he is having trouble making ends meet. So I thought... Here's what we're going to do. I did this years ago for good Moose Jaw kid, my friend Scott Schultz. Back when I was on The Wolf, part of the group that we said, you know what? We're going to raise money for him. We're going to get the fans to raise money for him. And we raised five times the amount he needed, and the money went to a charity of Scott Schultz's choice. But well,
3: what did Schultz do again? Can you us in? He
2: hit Spurgeon Win in the head and smashed his teeth. Like, he smoked them. They had a junior cheerleader day, actually, and Spurgeon Wynn was still being attended to on the field while the little uh, junior rider cheerleaders were dancing all around his head. Okay? Probably thought those were angels, but those were actual physical people, little kids on the... But Schultz got fined, and he got fined a lot of money. I think we ended up raising $2,500 or three grand, And so once we paid off Scott Schultz' fine, which, by the way, we didn't do, he just because he was a high-paid Canadian starter, he just gave all the money to charity. Little different story here for T.J. Brunson, but I thought, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to use the power of the sports cage, use the power of radio, use the power of a bye week when we don't have the riders to support in full-throw cheering, we can do it this way. So we got a guy that you're going to you can't, that's the hardest hit ever in that stadium, Mm -hmm. you could hear it at the Dairy Queen on Elphinstone guy got a blizzard, he spilled it all over his shirt, what the hell was that was that a train, (laughs) no that was TJ Brunson man, and so he really got the juices going got the people into the game, riders got, you know, riders really kicked the crap out of the BC Lions and that really set the tone along with the likes of Kosionieka and Jackson Ford, but anyway, this guy got fined. so I'm like, let's pay this guy's fine so I want to give a shout-out to a couple of people who have stepped forward. Uh, Linda gave me $25. She didn't want her last name used. Curtis Moore, a good rider fan, he he just uh, said, here, here's $25. And Robert Anderson's a pilot. He listens all the time to our broadcasts. He's in Singapore, all over the place. He gave $100. Okay? I think wow. the fine is $500. Bucks. So what we're going to do is we're going to raise... By the end of the show, hopefully right to the over five hundred dollars. Okay? And then whatever money's left over, and I will keep you're you're my witness, we will keep a legitimate total and whatever money's over, we will give to a charity of T J Brunson's choice locally. Okay, I so like the money that. stays in our community. Well, not everybody likes it. I'm going to read you a couple of tweets I got at the Real Ballsy. See, when I did this back in the day for Schultz, so Twitter wasn't a thing. There wasn't as much sewer piping going on. Instagram wasn't a thing. Facebook was barely a thing. Can we hear Schulze this
3: destroying Spurgeon win? I think do you I have it. Can, can, can we check have, this out? Yeah, do it. All sure, right.
2: sure, do it.
0: First down. Back to pass.
2: Yeah, Spurgeon Wynn got killed. By the way, Spurgeon Wynn picked higher in the draft than Tom Brady. Did you hear that crunch? Yeah, do it again.
3: <laughs> One second. All right, be quiet. Let's be to this quiet. crunch.
0: First down. Back to
2: pass. You can
0: literally yeah. hear the Riddell yeah, helmet yeah,
2: yeah. pop off. Yeah, and those weren't the same helmets they <laughs> wear now. So uh, Marlo, Marlo says, I won't use his last name. Marlo says, seems slightly inappropriate for the voice of the rider. Some might say it's buying access or buying a new best friend. Well, I don't need to buy friends because, quite honestly, I don't like hanging around with people. Number two, I don't need access. I already have access to the team. I'm trying to t- take something that is ridiculous and a fine for a good football play and make some light of it, bring, bring some... Um, you know the spotlight to how stupid it is that he gets fined and uh try to raise money for charity, okay so uh I got this one too now I can't exactly um I can't exactly read it word for word, but it does come from of course a reputable site like it's it's reputable uni uni five nine four guy so I'm assuming it's probably a union guy i I don't know but that's Uni594Guy. F off, you bald little S-head. Raise money for a real cause. Well, once again, you could read the tweet, if you indeed could read, and it would say that we're going to raise money for the fine, and then, in addition to that, any money raised goes to charity. So if you would like to donate, you can e-transfer. You can hit me up at my email, mball at harvardmedia.com. And uh, I'll snap the picture of how much money was raised, and we will get it to charity and get it to the fine. The fine will be paid off. Rider Nation's going to come through for this guy. They did it before. They'll do it again. This could be the turning point for the whole season. That hit, that win, our charitable... Aspect for Rider Nation. Let's do it. Let's show the Sports Cage and Rider Nation that we can support our team and support our players even on a bye week. All right. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM.
3: 335 with the sports ticker And Canada opened up the group phase of the 2023 FIBA Basketball World Cup today with a resounding statement, earning a 95 to 65 win over France. So Canada next faces world number 43, Lebanon on Sunday And Lebanon, lost its opener to Latvia, 109 to 70. And we're going to talk all about this game in hour two with Arash Madani.
0: The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to The Sports
2: Cage, brought to you by Nelson Holmes. Hey, how do you feel about this? TSN's Dave Naylor believes the CFL will find ways to make it less punitive when it comes to paying fired coaches. It sounds like there may be tinkering and modifications to the non-player coaching administration camp uh cap and they want to do it to help the Edmonton Elks out. Now I'm okay with tinkering it if if it if it works for everybody because I think the operations cap was stupid to begin with. But not to let Edmonton get out of hawk Like rules are rules. It it, it reminds me of what are we
3: coming to? (laughs) Well,
2: it reminds me of the days when Toronto and BC would spend like a bunch of drunk sailors, and then they'd have to come to the Riders, Edmonton, and Winnipeg to bail them out. Now, if you're Edmonton, you can make the argument and say we've bailed other people out. That's true. Kind of like, I won't do it. I won't do it. I was going to go into something political, but Curtis donated money today. He said, Ballsy, I love the sports cage. I'd just like you to keep your political views to yourself. So, Curtis, for you, I'm not going to say it today. I'm not going to say it today, There you Curtis. go, Ballsy. You just bought my silence today, yeah. Curtis. There, and it only cost you 25 measly little dollars, Curtis. You bought, my, uh, you bought my silence, buddy. Curtis Moore. Okay, we got a phone call? Yeah, we got Kelly. Kelly. Hi, who's this? Kelly? Yeah,
4: hey. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Good, man. What's up? Well, I got a question because I got your show late. Yep. So, how did the CFL come down about this fine in the first place?
2: Well, they said it was a helmet to helmet contact, which in, in theory it was, Kelly. But you see, when you got a guy going 100 miles an hour trying to make an impact, going down the field, fighting off a block on special teams, and you got a smaller punt returner who's going right to left and kind of dips his head a bit. Well, Brunson tries to dip his head a bit too, but he's going at full speed. You can't, sus- that's the thing when we watch replays and stuff. You can't suspend time, you can't suspend gravity. So we hit him and knocked him down. There was no full leg in the play and in fairness to the refs it was a bang bang play so I could see why there wasn't a penalty but he gets fined but the guy that smoked Kolaros, Coney Ely, doesn't get fined. You know what I mean? I don't get it and this guy's been waiting on our practice roster forever and he's not making any money and you know I just think hey can not we help this guy out I did it for Scott Schultz so I wanted to do it for him
4: Well yeah I'm going to uh, do the same thing for you Michael but uh My other question is, what about that game last night that you said you were watching after Zinger was doing such a great job with the Rams? Mm -hmm. Did you see those two punches at that uh, zero,
2: I think his name is? Uh, Well, what what time was that? Because I got so mad. I got so mad at watching Cody Fajardo that I left to go walk my dog when it was like 40-17 to or something stupid like that. it,
4: it 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 was... it was two two plays. One was in the second quarter, and one was late
2: in the game. It was the same guy. He he
4: reminded me of that guy for the BC Lions. He's got two
2: names that plays in the cornerback. Oh, Edwards, uh, Jalen Edwards Cooper. Yeah, uh, was yeah. it was it a Bomber guy? Yeah, yeah. So it was probably Morrow Morrow zero zero less Morrow uh, the two zero guy. Yeah, global player. Okay.
4: Well, yeah, he he. Uh, and we'll see. Nothing will probably come out of that. But uh, hmm. yeah, I we will do that for you and. Uh, Uh, Great talking
2: to you. Nice talking to you too, Kelly. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, hey, uh, Rider Nation comes through. we got the best fans in the world. You're not doing this in any other city for any other guy. I can't tell you I'm going to do this for everybody. Like if if Trevor Harris threw a helmet or something and got a penalty, he's making 500 Gs. He can do it. Mm -hmm. This guy is, you know... Barely rubbing two Canadian loonies together, and he doesn't even know what loonies are. He's like, What the hell is this? Yeah. My, when, was my last time I held, when
3: was the last time I held a loonie? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Uh, so if you want to donate to the TJ Brunson Fine Fund, courtesy of the sports cage, mball at harvardmedia.com. So M Ball, just like the one you kick, fumble, or throw to the other team, like Cody Fajardo, at harvardmedia.com. <laughs> Ball at dot. Okay. And uh, whatever money, once we get to the fine, over top of that goes to a charity of his choice. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just the gatekeeper here. Um, Tonight, Calgary's at Toronto. That should be an interesting one. I had Winnipeg winning. The spread was nine. I had Winnipeg winning by, uh, I had right here in my sheet from yesterday, I said Bombers cover by 10. They blew them out. Embarrassing. If, if the defense didn't score two touchdowns for Montreal, that was 47 to three. And Winnipeg didn't even play that good. Well, that's why I'm pissed off with that that Montreal loss, dude. That one hurts because Montreal isn't that good, and we just didn't show up that game.
3: I've been saying that for a couple of weeks. Like, remember earlier in the yeah. week, I was like, I don't, I'm not quite sure what to yeah. make of these Montreal Alouettes. Well, yeah. they proved my point. They sucked yes, yesterday. They did.
2: Toronto is at Calgary. The spread or uh, Calgary's at Toronto. Pardon me. The spread is ten. Toronto's going to destroy. The I Calgary got the Argos by six. I got the Argos by six. I think Calgary will still make it a game. I don't.
3: No. I, don't. I think out. it's going to be a blowout.
2: Okay. All right. Hey, uh we'll take a break when we come back. It's our first Sports Cage rewind with our buddy Sean Kleisinger in conversation with Mitch Pickton earlier this week. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
0: Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Roughriders is on the Sports Cage right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Each Friday, we take a best of
2: bit and replay. We call it Sports Cage Rewind. We're doing two today because we had two great CFL interviews with rider guests because they're off in their bye week. The only radio station, only media to talk to any riders on their bye week right here. 620 care. I'm your voice for Rough Riders football. This guy used to be a ram great, made a catch to save our bacon on the sidelines, even though command center tried to take it away from us. I have a question about that too. How can they come down and try to take away Mitch Picton's thing, but then, but then they don't come down. They make Jason Moss have to tell Cody to run over to challenge a play. Cody throws an interception, but Ricky Walker comes around the corner, and gets his hand in the head, and slaps you know a little Deacon Jones head slap on the quarterback, which was clearly it. I don't think that's roughing the passer, but it is, okay? So he gets a roughing the passer penalty, but the L's had to challenge it. Why couldn't the command center call down for something like that? Like, I don't understand. No. They call down arbitrarily for that for picks, so it's pick and choose, is it? Well, that's what it feels like. I could be wrong. I I have green and white glasses here today, but that's what it feels like. Why does it feel like? That's what it sounds like. Why does it feel the bombers get all the breaks? I'll tell you why. Because Mike O'Shea is a political genius. He's a politicker behind the scenes. He is always on the phone with the with the league office. Always, and I know that for a fact. And talking to other coaches around the league, he is always on the phone.
3: Always. He falls asleep talking to Andre Prudel yeah, on the phone. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or, or, or Darren Hackwood or whatever. Anyway, okay, so uh Good night, Andre. This is our first sports cage rewind. It's Mitch Picton with Sean Kleisinger.
3: Well, nice enough to join us on the bye week. Fresh off a huge win on Sunday at Mosaic Stadium, Saskatchewan Rough Riders receiver Mitchell Picton on the Western Pizza Hotline. So, uh, Mitch, how many rounds of golf do you have in store here this week? What's the golf game looking like?
5: <laughs> I played, uh, played yesterday and then uh, again this afternoon. Hoping to get a couple in uh, in this week over the bye. Mothers stuck around, so uh, I think it'll be out a few
3: times. Who's the best golfer on the team, do you think?
5: Um... It's got to be a tie, I think. They're really close, but it'd be uh, actually Dola Gala and Adam Korsak. Both those guys can play.
3: Wow! I want to see Jake Dola Gala swing a club. Where can I purchase tickets? That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah,
5: he can hit it a mile.
3: Wow! How's it like? How's your game personally? Like, are, do you have a good drive? Do you are you good on the greens? Like, what's Mitchell Pickton's golf game look like?
5: Uh. Uh my putter's actually been working for me lately, so uh yeah, I'm not too bad. I can get around the course but uh not scaring any course records, that's for sure.
3: Are you better than Noah?
5: Ooh, we're actually me and Noah have some good matches. We're both uh both pretty similar players, I think.
3: Hey, we'll we'll talk about the game on Sunday maybe in a bit, but it's a bye week here, so let's just uh, cool the Jets a bit. Uh, you're playing golf throughout the week. Will you be playing uh, slow pitch this weekend? Maybe just explain to our listeners about a big slow pitch game going down on Saturday in honor of a, a great man.
5: Yeah, we're doing the Gary Uren Classic on, on Saturday, so we're doing a uh, Ram Legend. We're going to honor him and, uh, and play a little slow pitch game. I'm going to be there. Uh, I told Nolan that I... I'll come and and hang out for a while and then do that sort of thing, but I don't think I'm going to be playing. I Mm -hmm. I hate to turn an ankle or do something like that playing a slow pitch game. That probably wouldn't go over too well.
3: (laughs) Maybe you could just be the manager, be a manager in the press box, or you know, or I guess managers don't sit in the press box. A manager in the dugout or something like that. I could see that happening. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Or a lot of Rams greats, a lot of Rams alumni Mm -hmm. players will be uh, on Saturday. So, Mitch, let's talk about this uh, game. On a Sunday, a few days ago, I just can't stop thinking about that nice, strong hand catch along the sidelines, and they tried to take it from you. They went to review, and I was like, no. He got his left foot down first. Did you have any doubt when they went to review, or were you kind of scared at some point?
5: No, that's what you kind of know when you catch it. That was one, uh, yeah, I knew that I had at least one foot down, and I knew it was a solid catch, and so I, I figured that they were going to let me have that one.
3: Yeah, What's it been like working with Jake Dolagala? Like that throw, that specific throw that I'm talking about, like I don't think many quarterbacks in the Canadian football league can make that throw. I mean, he was rolling to his left and it was just like a flick of the wrist, a nice tight spiral right on the spot. Just an effortless throw. What's it like working with Jake the Snake Dolagala?
5: <laughs> no, it's great working with Jake. Uh, me and him are super tight acts. We've worked together quite a bit, uh come you know, before camp even last off season and and stuff like that. So yeah, I've worked quite a bit uh, with him. We hang out a bunch. So I feel like we got a little bit of a connection. And uh, yeah, he can make every throw on the field. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it's fun
3: playing with a quarterback like that. Are you a Madden player, Mitch? Do you still play Madden? I'm not, no? I'm not.
5: Not much of a gamer at all, actually.
3: Because the new Madden came out, I think, last week. I was I was wondering maybe if the locker room is, uh, you know, having any kind of competition when it comes to Madden. A.J. Allen, I talked with A.J. Allen, I think, last week, and A.J. Allen said that he's the best Madden player in the locker room. What, oh, it
5: might be. I know a bunch of the receivers play, what is it, MLB The Show, and Ooh, I know yeah. they have some good competition going on with that. But, uh, yeah, I'm not too uh, up-to-date on the Madden situation.
3: Mitchell in Saskant. And Rough Riders receiver here on the Western Pizza Hotline. What's a day in the life of Mitchell Pickton look like? Like during a regular uh, day, you know, you, you obviously you have football, but outside of football, maybe just fill in our listeners on, you know, some hobbies that Mitchell Pickton has off the field. Yeah,
5: uh, yeah on off days, we usually we got a pretty good crew of guys that uh, there's six or seven of us that we like to get out and play golf when we can on off days, do stuff like that. But for the most part, usually we go in on off days in the morning and, and work out and. And do that. And then uh, kind of whatever the afternoon holds, uh, yeah, usually around a golf. Uh golf. You know, we usually get together, do a little barbecue, stuff like that. Guys are usually hanging out and, uh, mm. yeah, trying to take care of their bodies a little bit, eat good, and, and do that sort of thing.
3: How are your Pittsburgh Steelers going to do this year?
5: Oh, they're looking good. Preseason's been good. <laughs> I think this is the year that Kenny Pickett's can kind of, uh break out and got some serious weapons in that offense. So yeah, I'm excited to watch the Steelers
3: this year. How do you think my Packers are going to do?
5: I'm hoping for good things for your sake, Pice, but uh, you know, I'm not, not too optimistic with uh, their trigger man this year with oh, what's going to happen.
3: That hurts my heart, man. Hey, uh, <laughs> Mitchell Picton, thanks for joining us today and uh, enjoy the bye week. And We'll see you on the other side of the bye at the Labor Day Classic here in just a few short weeks.
5: Appreciate it, Clay. Thanks. See you on Saturday. W-
2: what's going on on Saturday?
3: Playing some softball tomorrow, Ballsy. You and him? No, Mitch. Mitch isn't uh, coming, or he's not playing. But he's gonna be coming. He's gonna come watch. Yeah. It's uh myself, uh, Noah Picton, and a lot of old Rams players were get together to play a slow pitch game
2: for what? Just because? Just uh,
3: it's actually in honor of uh Gary Uren. It's oh, called,
2: Gary Steer. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's called this uh the first annual. Gary Ehrens Steer Classic. It's okay, awesome. it's going to take place tomorrow at 1 p.m. And the uh, ball field is escaping my mind.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, got this from Kelly Bruce. Kelly was the guy that called us, I think. Uh, uh, I'm going to send you some money for TJ Brunson's fine. I gave up my season tickets last year, so it wasn't in the stadium health reasons. But I w- rewound that play in my PVR 20 times just to see and hear it again. I'm giving you some money, so he's sending me nice. some money. Want to give a shout out too to uh, Sheldon uh, Meteluski. He gave me a uh, $25. Also. Uh, Dawn Horner Wilson says she's absolutely loving this. She's given us, uh, their family's given us $25 too. And TC at Medicine Hat is sending us money. I'm not sure how much, but this is all for the TJ Brunson fine. So what happens is, is we're raising money for TJ Brunson's fine. There's no way we're making this guy who sat on our practice roster since training camp, living away from his family, makes an impact like that, he reminds me of Mo Lloyd. There's no way that guy... Oh, number 47. Same number. Same number. Mo Lloyd. kicking ass. He's a well-spoken Mo dude. Mo Lloyd and
3: Kitwana Jones. He, he's a
2: well-spoken guy, right? Yeah. And so he comes down and absolutely crushes Terry Williams in a clean football play. Yeah, you could say it was helmet to helmet, potato, potato. They're signing up to play football. There was no flag on the play. Uh, we're not making him pay us fine. No way. We're getting together as Rider Nation, and we're doing it. I'm throwing in 50 of my own dollars right now. I'm putting in 50 because of overwhelming response. Nice. Any money we get over the fine goes to a charity of the choice locally. I'll put in T. five Br- bucks. TJ Brown. Well, you know, comparable. Right, right. You're just coming up. So you're putting in five. I'm putting in 55. Lots of $25 donations. If you'd like to get on board, I ha- I, you go to my at the real ballsy. I, re- I retweeted the writer's tweet of the play. You can uh, see my email address where you can send it. But if I'll, I'll give it verbally here for you. mball at harvardmedia.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some people, lots of people, are on board. Some people called me uh, very mean names. Very
3: mean names
2: for inappropriate doing inappropriate
3: bully yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, it's a
2: it's a pathetic. If it w- if this was a world. school,
3: they would be in detention. Quasi. Well,
2: I would be crying if the I would. It's the new world. I should cry get a picket sign or something, but I'm not.
3: No, that's not Ballsy. That's not
2: me. The name says Ballsy. You throw it, you take it back. Mm -hmm. So I've been known to throw it out there, I'll take it back.
3: Do we have like a grand total of what Uh, we're at right now? I will on the other side.
2: When we come back, we'll try to get you a grand total. And we are going to uh, hear from Arash Madani, Canada, kick France's butt.
3: France is, like, ranked number
2: five Five in the world, too. Five in the world, man. Five in the world. Not anymore, baby. Not anymore. We crushed them uh, at the uh, World Cup, FIBA World Cup men's basketball tournament over there in Jakarta, Indonesia, where Arash Madani is eating uh, 10 chicken skewers for, like, $2.50. That's not even a lie. He's absolutely loving life. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM.
0: 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is The Sports Case with your host, Michael Ball. All right,
2: welcome back to the show. Michael Ball here with you. And, um, man, it's picking up steam here. The show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. So we're trying to, as a as a rider nation, pay off TJ Brunson's ridiculous fine that he had that hit against Terry Williams. There was no flag on the play. He got fined. So, so far, Tyson Craney, TC in Medicine Hat, just gave me a $150 e transfer. Robert Anderson, buddy of the show, $100. Curtis Moore, $25. Sheldon, um, Meteluski, he sent me an e-transfer, but I can't get into it. So, Sheldon, if you're listening, send it again with what the password is. But he's donating twenty-five dollars. Uh, Todd and Don and Todd Wilson and Don Horner Wilson are giving us twenty-five dollars. Phil, Phil the Thrill Benson. <laughs> It's giving us $50. He says, I'm in for $50. That's one for every year I've had a season ticket. Well done, Michael and Sports Cage, only in Rider Nation. So, Phil Benson sending us $50. I am giving $50, and Sean is giving us $5. Um, and so. When you add it all up so far, we have $430. Now let's keep the donations going because here's what we're going to do. Once we pay off TJ Brunson's fine, wipe that slate clean, whatever money we raise in addition to that, we will give to a charity of TJ Brunson's choice. Let's show these... Let's show these people from outside Saskatchewan when they come here what it means to be in Rider Nation. Mitch Pickton knows what it means, Evan Johnson knows what it means, Logan Furlan and Jackson Ford because of his lineage uh uh Jaden Dalkey, because he's been here a couple years, his family have been Ryder fans forever. But some of these dudes have no idea. T.J. Brunson, he's from South Carolina. South Carolina played university in South Carolina. Went to the Went to the Giants. Yeah, he knows it's kind of a nice place and the people are nice, but they don't really know. Well, he's going to find out in a hurry when he comes back that his fine is paid off, and then the money goes to charity in his cho in his choice locally. We'll keep the money local. But it goes to wherever he wants it to go. Mm-hmm. So if you want to donate, mball at harvardmedia.com. M ball, p a double just like the one Zach Kalaros throws for pick sixes. <laughs> Three in the last two games he's played. mball at harvardmedia.com. And we will, we have our checks and balances. It's going where it's supposed to go. So please send us, uh, send us your donation if you want. Five bucks, ten bucks, fifty bucks, it doesn't matter. Every little bit counts. It'll help out our community. It'll help out uh, a new rider. Okay? Let's get to this
0: now, shall we? Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashna Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arashna Danny.
2: Well, like we said earlier this week, we go by coast-to-coast coast for this segment, but he's over in Jakarta, Indonesia. It's Arash Madani with Sportsnet. We call it Ocean to Ocean for our friends over there at Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly, 546-2533. Arash Madani, it was a convincing win by Canada over a world power in France. There must be a lot of smiles there.
6: Uh Baldy, well, it was something else. Um and you're right, world power, and Canada didn't just beat them. They embarrassed them. And this was a statement win. I got to Dylan Brooks after. He said, look, we're serving notice. He said, this is no joke. Now people know we are for real. And, you know, they, it's funny. They put up 95 points today, Ball Z, But I want to tell you, they won today because of their defense. They held France to eight points in the third quarter. And that's when they took off, and that's when this game changed. And that's why now all of a sudden the road to the quarterfinal looks a lot smoother because Canada should win this group. They have Latvia and Lebanon coming up, and a lot of players contributed to making that happen.
2: You uh, mentioned Shea Gilgis-Alexander going into the uh, tourney, and he didn't disappoint today with uh, 27 points, 13 uh, boards, and 6 assists.
6: And you know what's amazing, Belzee? Um, With, what, the midway point of the second quarter, maybe a, maybe even later, uh, SGA didn't even have a bucket. Like, he took, uh, he started to get hot before halftime, and France got into foul trouble, so they were in bonus. They couldn't really defend him as hard as they were. They needed to give him a little bit of space, mm-hmm. and that got him into a rhythm, and that got him going. And what I tell you the other day, that this tournament is going to be... Shay Gilgis-Alexander's coming out party for the world to see. Again, this is a top five player in the world, top five player in the NBA. I mean, it's just not a household name yet. But when he ignites, he takes off. Um, it, it just, it's amazing to watch him go because you know how some athletes can just make it look effortless, the way they glide, the way they can go through traffic. Um, I always thought that was one thing that made Jiroi so good, Jiroi Simon so good, is that he just made the incredible look so easy. Um, Shea gildas just Alexander does the same thing.
2: So basically, what this means is uh, Canada's odds of getting out of the group state just went up big time, right? They got Lebanon next; it should be a squash there, shouldn't it?
6: Yeah, I mean the odds just went up that they're going to win the group, yeah. and so what happens is they have they have Sunday and Tuesday left with Lebanon and Latvia. And then they would move on to the second round. They'd play the second-best team in the other group here in Jakarta, which is likely going to be Brazil. If they get through that, then it's off to the races. And uh, this thing moves over to Manila, Philippines for the, me- for the medal rounds. So by winning today and by winning the group, they also avoid Spain. That's a world power. But I will tell you this. like that, The defensive mindset... When they started this whole thing, Ballsy, August 1st, training camp started in Toronto. They have a new head coach. And Jordy Fernandez told them that day, he said, if you don't have a defensive first mindset, it's a disservice to everybody. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool parts for me is I get to stand courtside right underneath the bucket, right underneath the hoop. And the level of physicality in the international game is wild. And Canadian players are communicating. They're just battling through screens. Their defensive rotations are on point. These guys are bought in, and there is no disservice at all.
2: Excellent. So, so just to reiterate, you kind of expected them to win. Uh, maybe you expected them to handily win, but this is a really impressive performance. I didn't expect this. Yeah, this, this is the. Num- I didn't expect by like yeah, thirty. Yeah, this is the number five ranked uh, team in the country, wasn't it? Like the the or in the world in the world. Me, in the world yeah. Pardon me, the yeah. number five ranked country
6: and and Canada, you know, little old Canada, look, it's time that we start beating our chests more on the global stage for sports that aren't hockey. And basketball right there. Look, you think about the NBA and how international and how global the NBA is outside of the US, no country is more represented with more players than Canada. And You know, the mission this team has is to get to the Paris Olympics next summer, but the FIBA World Cup outside of North America is a huge deal, you know, and and that's the one thing that when I talked to Dylan Brooks after the game,
3: you know,
6: he just said, everybody now knows what we have going on here, and that's really important.
2: After going 29 years without a Gray Cup, winning two of the last three Gray Cups, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, things are just shining on them. The people are coming out, and they're winning games, and it's it's great there. And they are getting the bounces, man. They've escaped the last three sure. weeks with wins. Now, you could say 47-17 isn't a big escape, but it is when your quarterback serves up two pick-sixes Uh We'll start with the bombers first. I don't think the bombers. Well, this isn't a big statement. They're not as good as they used to be. There are cracks showing on that team, but they're finding a way to get it done.
6: Yeah, and and look, I didn't watch the game yesterday yeah. being over here, but here's here's my point on. I agree with you on Winnipeg. They're not as good as they were in 2019, and not as good as they absolutely not as good as they were in 2021. But. Who is? Yeah. Who isn't flawed right now? You know that. That's the thing. You people. Uh, when I was doing Blue Jays, I would always, you know, tell people, "Yeah, I understand why you're nitpicking because you watch the team every day." But here's the thing: you have to remember, the opponents they're playing, they're flawed too. They have issues too. Not everybody has nine shutdown arms in the bullpen. Not everybody has, you know, four or five big hitters. Uh, look. It, you know what Winnipeg has that almost nobody else has? A really good, healthy quarterback. And and I, I just think this is why I think Winnipeg is going to be okay when push comes to shove, because when the weather gets crap, they have a really good pass rush, and their defensive line can bring pressure on a quarterback, and then I think that's going to be where the rubber meets the road. Zach's going through his, you know, it's it's not going to be – Uh, Masterpieces every week And I think the other thing when push comes to shove With Winnipeg is Playoff experience matters I know he had a really bad Grey Cup last year But in a league with a lot of flawed teams Winnipeg's Winnipeg's okay
0: Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer On 620 CKRM Seban rolling back, setting up a screen,
3: complete to Garwood. He has room to run across the 40, 45, across the 50, midfield. it 50, it 45, 40, 30, inside the 20. What a pitch and catch. It wasn't much of a throw, but it doesn't need to be when he set up a screen like that. A huge first down. We are on the goal line, so Seban under center, hand off to Garwood. He's up the left side, and he walks into the end zone for a touchdown. Regina. Yeah, first-year Rams running back Javon Garwood. He had that one catch for 57 yards. He also had three carries for 13 yards to go along with a touchdown. Nice little debut for Javon Garwood, the former Okanagan Sun running back. And he is your sports cage clutch performer today for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077.
0: Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Cage brought to you by Nelson Holmes on this Friday supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Let's continue our long distance chat. On the phone as the Western Pizza Hotline reaching all the way over to Jakarta, Indonesia. And we continue our conversation with Arash Madani. I, I you know, I know Montreal smoked the Riders. Uh, you can say travel's not an excuse, but the Rough Riders had played three out of four weeks on the road, crisscrossing the country. I think there was a lot of fatigue, much like when BC got hammered by Winnipeg, two road games in five days. So I don't put a lot of stock in Montreal winning, but they won. They did it without Cody Fajardo. Caleb Evans won two games as a quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes. Cody Fajardo's 0-9 versus his old teammate, Zach Kalaros. At this point, Arash Madani, Cody Fajardo is nothing more than a glorified backup. He's painful to watch throw the football. Like, it's painful to watch him throw, throw it more than 15 yards downfield. And... And I, I'll submit this to you. He reminds me a lot of Jonathan Jennings or Casey Printers. Now, Casey was a little bit more athletic, no doubt about it. But all of those quarterbacks had one good season, and then they're a flash in the pan. And that's how I feel about Cody Fajardo.
6: And what you're outlining right there, Balzi, is fair. And it is accurate. Um, but I would say this, and also think about this is this is why, like, Nobody really wants to say this; they talk around it. But the quarterback position is in a is in a place of real crisis in this league right now. And what I what I mean by that is, everything you just sa- said is true, except Cody's probably today, right now, the third or fourth best quarter fourth best quarterback in the league.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah,
6: it's true. You know what I mean. You know, like, we just talked about teams that are flawed and teams that aren't. Like, everything you just said is true. Cody Fajardo is a backup quarterback. That's what he is in in a, in a league with, with nine good quarterbacks. Here's the problem. Look around. Like, you know, outside of Zach Caleros, right now today, who is a legitimate, active, franchise quarterback? Wow. Chad Kelly probably will be. But, you know, I'm not quite ready to get – I'll give them the keys to the – I'll give him the keys to Ford Escort. I'm not giving him the keys to Ferrari quite yet. Before
2: before he got hurt, Trevor Harris was the second-best quarterback in this league, and he is expected back in October. So the riders can tread water. He is uh, on a timeline to be back, and I think he is a franchise quarterback for a couple of years in the CFL as we see it right now. But I will say this. I hear this from fans when they were discussing Mason Fine or Jake Dolagala, It's a cautionary tale on, on getting too excited about a guy too early, do you know what I mean? like I hear this who's got the it yep. factor? who's got the it factor? I'll tell you this right now when I watch Cody Fajardo play, sorry for being critical, but it's true. I don't see the he, you're not winning with Cody Fajardo as your quarterback. It's not happening
6: there's there's in the last number of years on both sides of the border, I think there have only been two that that have shocked everybody and you got enamored with in Canada was Nathan Rourke. Nobody saw Rourke coming. And in the U.S., and the NFL, it was Brock Purdy. Nobody saw a real key Mr. Irrelevant, you know, last pick of the seventh round, going undefeated, leading San Francisco to the NFC Championship game. Outside of that, of course. Outside of that, of course. Um, and this is what I mean by a position of crisis. Like, it's, it's the most important position in sports, and yet, yet how many really competent guys are exist out there. You know, what were, what? Uh,
2: lastly, I'm glad you brought that up, what were the 49ers smoking when they decided that Trey
6: Lance should be drafted that high? You know who Trey Lance has to go thank profusely? Like, is Josh Allen. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan looked at Trey Lance and they're like, you know what? Yeah, small school, big arm, can run, um, we think we found the next Josh Allen. Copycat league, right, Baldy? Right. Um, here's a dude who's attempted fewer than 500 passes in like the last four years at any level. You know, COVID year in, in college, and and uh, at least he's walking away with a little bit of cash. Trey Lance is one of the lucky ones. And imagine, imagine, Baldy, if a... If the last pick of the seventh round didn't end up becoming what Brock Purdy was, Kyle Shanahan wouldn't be employed. John Lynch wouldn't be, wouldn't be employed in San Francisco. The Niners would be a disaster. Yeah. They hit the biggest lottery ticket imaginable to get themselves out of a ridiculous situation.
2: Hey, one more thing here before I let you go, because I got you all the way in Jakarta, yeah. Indonesia. Listen. I said this, got jumped all over when I said it early on when he signed with the Jags. What are the BC Lions going to do when Nathan Rourke comes back to the CFL this year? This year? Yeah, this year. Uh, the the, fo- the the Jags are... I don't think that's going to happen. Really? Because the Jags are non-committal on him even being on the 53-man roster. You think another team's going to take uh, a flyer on him? And does Nathan Rourke just want to bounce around holding the clipboard? I, I, I know Nathan Rourke. That's not Nathan Rourke.
6: Yeah, but hold on. Hold on. Um, if you're Nathan Rourke, you take the practice roster job. Here's why. You've been guaranteed 200 U.S. You make another, oof, what is it? Effectively 10 grand US per week. But Nathan Rourke is literally one ankle sprain away from being activated. Nathan Rourke may be on the practice roster of the Jaguars, and I don't mean Trevor Lawrence twisting his ankle. I mean, there may be a bunch of teams. Remember when he went on that circuit? Remember when he went on the free agent circuit and a whole bunch of teams wanted him ballsy? Guess what? If he's on the practice roster, any other NFL team can sign him. And once an NFL team signs him, they don't sign him to a practice roster agreement. They have to put him on the active roster, which, you know, then puts 750, 775,000 U.S. in his pocket and gives him a chance. So it's not just Jacksonville or Bust for Nathan Rourke. When you're on the practice roster, you're basically a free agent for any other team to bring you in. So it's it's the long game for Rourke to get himself into a situation where he's going to get you know a full game check.
2: Well, make no mistake, I want him to be successful. I think he's better than half the backups in this league and a few in the NFL and a few uh, starters. To be quite honest with you, but it's the politics. And I've talked to a lot of guys who have gone down south, not of his pedigree, but come back here and and regret going to the NFL because it just uh, derailed their their
6: career. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, Except here's the thing about Rourke. Everything we just talked about prior to this conversation, in a supply and demand economy, when the supply of competent quarterbacks is very slim and the demand is very high, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt and a bunch of looks from a bunch of different teams. Because if Brock Purdy can end up being a starting quarterback, teams are going to look far and wide anywhere and everywhere. To make sure that they're exhausting every possible option on who can be on their in their quarterback room.
2: Hey, go get yourself ten chicken skewers for twenty five cents. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> Take care.
3: Hey, it's four thirty four inside the sports cage with your sports ticker. In the Toronto Blue Jays, they lost the series versus the Baltimore Orioles with yesterday's five to three loss. But hey, you know, still a lot of baseball left to go. They do have to start winning though, because as it sits right now, the Toronto Blue Jays are one and a half games back of both the Seattle Mariners and the Houston Astros for that final wild card spot in the American League. The Jays start up a three-game weekend series versus the Cleveland Guardians at the Rogers Center tonight. And Chris Bassett gets the start on the hill for Toronto. It's a 5.07 p.m. opening pitch.
0: The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the SportsCage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game.
6: Let's go spread right fake spear. Play pass, 16 counters ZD full Fullback west right zoom. Pull back left. Pass half back at zero. Z quick
0: swing left. On
2: one. Right. Our CFL reports brought to you by Kevin's Marine in Fort Capel. Make the most of summer with a boater pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Capel or online at Kevin's Marine. Com. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers overcame two Zach Kalaros pick sixes as they outscored Montreal 27-0 in the second half en route to a 47-17 blowout victory in the Manitoba capital over the Alouettes. Cody Fajardo's 0-9 lifetime against his old teammate Zach Kalaros. And at this point, Cody is nothing more than a glorified backup. To me, you could put Fajardo in the same category as former Lions quarterbacks, Casey Printers and Jonathan Jones. All three had one good season, and all three flamed out. At this point, Fajardo should back up Caleb Evans, in my opinion. The Bombers improved to nine and two, but have escaped the last three games with wins. Next Sunday, they're here for the 58th Labor Day Classic. Bombers have won the last two Labor Day Classics. Winnipeg hasn't won more than two straight Labor Day Classics in 40 years. They'll be cocky. They'll be favored. And it should be fun. Curtis Rourke has secured family bragging rights. The Ohio University quarterback was the top player listed Thursday in the CFL Scouting Bureau's fall edition of the Top 20 Prospects for next year's draft. It's one of the few accomplishments that escaped Rourke's heralded older brother, Nathan, who's currently battling, as you know, for a spot with the Jacksonville Jaguars of the
0: NFL. And that's your CFL report. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
2: We will get you a running total on the TJ Brunson Fine Fund Rider Nation is stepping up big time. Any money raised over the fine will go to charity. That's how we roll here. A charity of his choice in town. And we'll, I'm going to get him to do a social media message for all of the people that donated, like by name. Okay, got the list right here. Um, we'll get to... I'll list your names off here in a bit. I uh, got this text from Derek. Ballsy, you're dreaming. The Bombers aren't what they used to be. It makes you feel your team has a chance, which everyone does any given Sunday. Games aren't always played on Sundays. Uh, Less two plays last night. They win by 40. The second pick, six, was a great defensive play. Film study. What's th- What the Bombers are is still the best team in the league. Certainly in the West, a team that will push the riders around the next two weeks as they've done for years. It'll be interesting to hear the wine coming. Uh, after both weeks. Well, for years in, in 2019, a goalpost saved your ass and got you to a Grey Cup. In 2021, we had Cody Fajardo, who was quarterbacking for Montreal. Uh, his pathetic performance couldn't get five turnovers changed into touchdowns, or we would have won that West Final. And if you played a team with a competent quarterback, if you played Caleb Evans last night, you probably don't win that game. The Bombers got lucky the last three weeks. Ah, oh, No, wait, wait, wait. They're a good team. But they escaped with three wins in a row, so that 's exactly what I want. I want the narrative from the cocky fans that forgot what a drought was for twenty nine years when you were the laughing stock of the league for twenty nine years so i can 't wait I cannot wait for you to uh, show up here, show up in your jerseys um Enjoy the Labor Day Classic. The Bombers haven't won three Labor Day Classics in 40 years. And with our third quarterback, I'm confident we'll beat the Blue Bombers. Mm -hmm. Because the Bombers aren't what they used to be. Hey, that's Father Time tapping on their shoulder.
3: (laughs) All those jerseys are going to be wet when they walk out of the stadium because they're going to be filled with
2: tears. No, here's what you're going to hear. Here's what you're going to hear, which I've missed for a couple of years. Here's what you're going to hear.
0: Oh, well, at least we got an NHL team.
2: (laughs) If you want to call the Jets an NHL team, go right ahead. If you want to call that
3: arena, NHL arena. Yeah, we
2: had a team that produced the biggest star to come in the NHL now over the next few years, Connor Bedard. Anyway... Everybody wants to leave Winnipeg. (laughs) Winnipeg and Calgary, the two cities everybody wants to leave in the NHL. Well, at least we got a NHL team. (laughs) Let's go to the phones and say hi to Andy McNamara, my betting expert. Hi, Andy. Gentlemen, uh, Winnipeg's always a great place to leave, if you ask me. Yeah, I always back in there so it looks like I'm leaving. It's the Cleveland of the CFL. Hey, hey now, hey now, <laughs> Cleveland's a hell, of a hell of a town, hell of a town,
1: I'm going down there week three yeah. versus the Titans, so I can't wait to get back, to, and, and hey, guess what, uh-huh. any Winnipeg person chirps uh, that you guys say, well, you got one of the best National Lacrosse League franchises in the province, uh, and in the whole league, in the rush, yeah. so, you yeah. know, I, I've I've called a bunch of those games, <laughs> that, that rush no, you do. fan base is legit.
2: Yeah, they do have a good, uh, what, a CBL team though, the C the Sea Bears, what are they called, Zinger? The Sea C- Bears, yeah, they, they're selling yeah. out there. I get, Win- Winnipeg's a good sports town, not going to lie there, but they, they, they are prisoners of the moment. They forget that they were crappy for a long time, lost their NHL team. Let's not be prisoners of the moment now. let's not get too cocky. OK, so people are gearing up. I know around the office here looking for their fantasy yeah. uh, fantasy stuff here. Who's going to catch the ball in Denver? Judy goes down with a hamstring injury, and he's out for a while now.
1: Yeah, this is this is tough. Jerry Judy, he's been a little snake bitten. Either the quarterback situation isn't great or he gets hurt. The talent's all there, but opportunity equals success in fantasy football. It's the only math equation that I live by, Balzi. <laughs> and in this case <laughs> I'm not very good at. It. But in this case, Cortland Sutton is going to benefit big time. Remember also, Tim Patrick is out. Sutton, apparently ten pounds lighter, but like still like lots of muscle. Like leaner but meaner type of mm-hmm. thing. And he's your big body guy. He's like six three, six four. So Cortland Sutton's gonna be the top guy there. And somebody you might wanna wait on a bit. I'm not saying he's gonna bust out this year, but you know what? In PPR formats where it's every Time a player touches the ball, it counts as a fantasy point. Marvin Mims Jr., you can probably wait to the near the end of your fantasy draft. Pick him up, put him on your bench, wait and see. Because I have a hunch that in the slot, the rookie Marvin Mims Jr. could make some noise.
2: So, um, what kind of uh, effect do you think that uh, that the new coach John Peyton's going to have on Russell Wilson, who looked absolutely cooked last year? Oh,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Russell was cooking. He, he burnt everything. That was it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Well, you know what? though? Sean Payton, right? It, he, I'm, and I'm sure you know people are like, how could Sean Payton say that about Nathaniel Hackett? Sean Payton is an evil genius, right? He's taking attention away from his quarterback. Mm-hmm. What did everyone start talking about? How crazy Sean Payton is. That's fu- Sean Payton doesn't care if you like him or not. Yeah. He cares about getting attention off his quarterback, and it worked. If this doesn't fix Russell Wilson, he needs to retire straight away. I don't think he's done yet in real life, and I don't think he's done in fantasy. The reason being, before last year's debacle, Russell Wilson was consistently a top four to six fantasy quarterback his whole career. No lower than eight. And so this is a guy, along with, if you can believe it, Aaron Rodgers, where you can wait to balls like the 10th, 11th, 12th round and get either of those quarterbacks. I would prefer Rodgers, but if you're going to wait and load up and Russell Wilson pops back he could be in for a nice little season really you could wait that
2: late for Aaron
1: Rodgers yeah, isn't that shot? Ch- okay I'll, I'm going to give you some names of players being drafted ahead of Aaron Rodgers in fantasy leagues okay ahead right now he's going 99th overall on average in fantasy draft players ahead of him two out of Miami, oh. that dude's going to be lucky if he makes the second game before getting concussed again. Yeah, right. I'm not
2: touching two. And he couldn't yeah. break. A, and he couldn't break a pane of glass with a throw. Let's be honest. No, like you know, here's
1: the thing: if he's in the game, Miami seems to win. It's kind of the Jimmy Garoppolo effect, which is fine. Yeah. Nothing. He's not a good player. He can't stay on the field, and it's scary when he gets out. So I'm not chancing that ahead of Aaron Rodgers. You kidding me? Ahead of him, also Dak Prescott, ahead of him, Justin Fields. So. You're telling me Aaron Rodgers, even though he's almost 40, one year before last year removed from being an MVP when he was pissed off in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And now he's happy and everything's around him. I would love to get Aaron Rodgers in you know, a, a later round and in the second round go get me some Garrett Wilson and pair those two together with the Jets. That is going to be some money. Money plays on your fantasy game. So so you can get that.
2: Corey Davis is retiring or walking away. He was a receiver yeah. for the Jets. You think that affects the draft stock like Ford, no. Aaron Rodgers? Who cares?
1: Corey, <laughs> Corey Davis. Yeah, like you like. And uh, we know, because I know every time you say something like this, we're like, oh, you have to be great to be in the NFL. Yes. Corey Davis is still better than 99.9% of everyone. In NFL terms, he sucks. And he's never done anything. He did every, <laughs> Just splurted it here and there. Fantasy wise, no. I got burned by Corey Davis once. Certainly not again. Big body guy. This does nothing to affect anything. If anything, it helps because it just clears out an extra body uh, from that room. But Garrett Wilson, that's the guy.
2: I don't like him as a person. I think he's a horrible human being, Deshaun Watson. But he's the quarterback of your team. He seems like he'd be a good pick if you could get him because the Browns are a good team. They are a good team. They are. They. Are. You know what? On paper, here's the thing. Ballsy, my term for the Browns this year, two words. No
1: excuses. Not for Deshaun Watson, not for the Browns. Why? Because this offense was remade around Deshaun Watson with his direct input. The weapons were brought in. Everything is in place. Can he get back to 2019, 2020? That was a long time ago. Baker Mayfield was the, but the quarterback of my Browns in 2020, Ballsy. Baker was good. Yeah. So, He's got his legs. He's got the weapons. Deshaun Watson is going, uh, is going the ninth quarterback off the board, um, ahead of Dak Prescott Tua and Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to have a great year, but it certainly isn't a guarantee.
2: Where's my guy Herbie going with Kellen Moores as offensive coordinator with the Chargers? Ooh.
1: you know what? I think if you're getting Justin Herbert right now at the value where he's at, Fortieth uh, overall, sixth quarterback off the board. You're living well. I don't think he's he should be that low. Guys ahead of him, Joe Burrow. Okay, I'll take Joe Burrow. Yeah. Lamar Jackson? No, I'm taking Justin Herbert above Lamar Jackson. Yeah, no kidding. Him, right? And like, and Justin Fields. I see back and forth. Some some have Justin Fields ahead of Justin Herbert, which is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, that's stupid. Although Fields, this is a big year for Fields, and he's got some it weapons is. around him this year. So he's got a. It's a make or break for him. Like, I'm not saying
1: I'm I'm an Ohio State fan. I like Justin Fields. But he's not. People are categorizing him as like, oh, he's going to take the leap that Jalen Hurts had in Philly last year. And I don't think they're there yet. They're improved, but they still have a long way to go in Chicago. Philly was such a great situation. So I think he'll be good, but he still has to prove he can pass at the NFL level. You got the leg factor. Still a nice... Yeah, I'm not going to be upset if I get Justin Fields as my fantasy quarterback, but I'd certainly rather have Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, or Patrick Mahomes ahead of them.
2: Okay, so here's a question for you: <clears throat> What about Jonathan Taylor? The Dolphins just turned down a tr- or the uh, Colts <laughs> just turned down a trade request for uh, Jonathan Taylor. They're still talking some other yeah. teams in the mix, including the Bears. Uh, where does he fall now in drafts? Boy, uh, well, right now he's falling to the ninth running back being taken, and it makes sense
1: because. You don't know where he's going to play, and that's why I always advise people: at least wait until after the last preseason game before you have your fantasy guys. I want that draft to—I get itchy too, okay? But you have to wait <laughs> because right now, if you had your draft tonight, yeah. if you had today, and a lot of people are having it over the weekend, if you waited and had today, you'd have no idea if you draft the Jonathan Taylor. Is he going to be the Colts? Is he going to go somewhere? We've seen great running backs. I don't know Dalvin Cook. Go and all of a sudden go from a bell cow to part of a committee in New York. That could happen to Jonathan Taylor easily. I, right now, if I had a draft today, I would not. I would mark Jonathan Taylor on my do not draft list because of the uncertainty. I can't waste that high of a pick on an unknown.
2: Hey, where do they get a hold of if they want some draft advice because we're coming up oh. to that season like we said? Woo, boy.
1: Yeah, ballsy. Get me on Twitter. Use hashtag AskAndy, at AndyMC81 on Twitter or X or wherever that gets called. And on uh, Instagram, at Andy MC Sports, TikTok Got a whole bunch of uh, fun content there. And the sick podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube. You can get me there, too.
2: Awesome, man. Thanks for your time, buddy. All right, buddy, talk to you soon Take care, that's Andy McNamara, our betting expert We'll be back with Brian Raymond And to give you a running total on our T.J. Brunson Fine Fund Here on the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes On 620 CKRM
0: It's time to step into the radio octagon You're tuned to the Sports Cage On Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM
2: And welcome back to the Sports Cage Here on 620 CKRM Well, there it is. It's my headset. Show's brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline, ask them about their Rough Rider suite deal, and you could be uh, watching a rider game from a luxury suite. Uh, Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs joins us. Looks like a good weekend ahead for golf. Brian?
7: It's been a great week for us, and you're right. It's a beautiful evening this evening. We got people coming out for our late twilight. Of course, every day after six o'clock, it's only nineteen dollars to come out and play the golf course. But we are looking forward to some great weather coming up this weekend and this week. And we are taking bookings this weekend, ballsy already for the for the uh, for golf.
2: Okay, I never asked you this before what time does the course open? When's the first booking? When's the last booking?
7: Well, right, for the time being, it's we're still at 7 o'clock for the first booking. Um, you probably don't want to tee off much later than 6.30 right now, but you know what? That brings up a good point. Monday, our late twilight is going to move up to 5.30 so that people still have an opportunity to get at least nine holes in before it gets too dark. And of course, Mondays and Wednesdays, we have that great special $32 for ladies and seniors. So seniors are 60 and over and of course all ladies. And if you're neither of those, we still have a great deal at $42.
2: And best driving range around with no mats, all natural, and they can fit a lot of people on there. Brian, how do they get a hold of you, my friend?
7: All you have to do is give us a call at 306-543-5050, and you can now book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Have
2: a good weekend, buddy. You as well. Take care. Alright, so, uh, let's get to this. So, uh, TJ Brunson, you could you could see on my Twitter uh, page at... The Real Ballsy, I retweeted the Riders, of the Brunson hit on uh, Terry Williams. Terry Williams, uh, smaller guy, getting the ball. He's coming up the far right side. He cuts to his left. TJ Brunson's coming from his right, so from left to right, and that's why you may have a collision. Uh, Terry Smaller, Brunson's taller. He kind of dips a little bit to make a nice form tackle and as he dips, Terry doesn't really dip but kind of moves and they have a helmet-to-helmet collision. There's no flag. I could see why there was no flag because it was a... Bang bang play, hmm. so I'm giving the refs a pass. But they're finding him. Of all the things they don't find, they're going to find that because oh, it was loud and oh, it was loud and scary. <laughs> oh, you could hear it all the way up in the bleeders! That was the greatest hit at that new mosaic stadium. I haven't seen a better hit like that was what we like to call a slobber knocker. And I'm not making light of CTE because I've got a son playing high-level college football. You just watch some high-level college football. But when you sign up to play football, not flag, but tackle football, you know there comes an element of danger and hitting. I am the danger, now, as Walter White used to if say. If we're going to be like... Uh, <laughs> Like, I don't. I, I shudder to think if you're going to call that a penalty. What we're going to uh, have for football in 15 years? We might as well just call it quits and make it all flag right now. Like, give me a break.
3: So does does TJ Brunson know about uh, what's what, happening no, right now? No, he's oh, okay. down. To, he'll be surprised when he comes home. That's going to be a nice little. He's probably all like depressed. Oh, I gotta pay this fine. What? What's this league all about? Yeah. I come
2: up here and I make yeah. big hits and I get fine. Yeah. He's going to come back. To he could ra- be having a radio fun down in South Carolina right now. Yeah. And up here, we're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And Ryder fans are kicking some serious butt. I'm going to get him to do a social media post with all your names. But I'm going to tell you right now. Robert Anderson, $100. He came out of the chute. Tyson Craney, as I think is how you say it. But he goes by TC and Medicine Hat, $150. Curtis Moore, $25. Sheldon Metaluski, $25. Todd and Don... Uh, Wilson Horner, twenty five dollars. I gave fifty. You gave five. The, well, no, but hey, we're not laughing. It's like that old Bible story. Not to get all religious on you, but I could give five hundred dollars, but be a have a lot of money and give five hundred dollars. If you only have ten dollars and give five, you've given more than me. Mm. So I make more than you. So five dollars for you, a struggling up and coming broadcaster. We appreciate it, Sean. I'm not laughing at that. I'm just saying you donated some money. Yeah. Uh, Phil Benson gave 50 bucks. Mark C. Sorensen gave 25 bucks. Kelly Bruce 25 bucks. Dennis Crinklewich uh, gave 25 bucks. Andrew uh, Tutty gave 15 bucks. And Wes Saworski is trying to give me 50 dollars, but he his password doesn't work. So Wes, you have to resend me that email. I did send you an email. Check your emails. If you would like to donate, it's M Ball. At harvardmedia.com. Now, whatever. Oh, sorry. We'll give the total at the end of the show. Whatever we are over we will go to a charity of TJ Brunson's choice. We're going to show TJ, hey. It's special to be in Rider Nation. We appreciate you. We appreciate you bringing the juice on special teams. Nobody appreciates that, but we do here in Rider Nation. Thanks to everybody that donated. Keep it coming. Mball at harvardmedia.com. You can text us at 936-6262. Um, that's for the Capital Auto Group. Uh, we'll be back with more of the Sports Cage after 5 here on 620 CKRM.
8: It's 5 o'clock. Good evening. In Regina, it's mostly cloudy and it's 19 degrees. I'm Corey Atkinson with 620 CKRM News for Echo Sound in Fort Coppell. Stay connected with a new cell phone from Echo Sound. Call 306-332-6711. A long-time minister for the Saskatchewan party has announced that he is retiring from provincial politics and will not be running in the next election. Don Morgan says it's been a privilege to have represented the Saskatoon Southeast Riding since 2003. As one of the longest-serving current ministers in Canada, Morgan has headed education, justice and labour relations under Premier Scott Moe and former Premier Brad Wall. Morgan said in a social media post today that he will be 74 years old at the time of the next election and he thinks voters should have an opportunity to choose a fresh face. Mo made the announcement on social media today and announced three other rural Sask Party MLAs will not be seeking re-election. Just in time for the end of August, temperatures are starting to take a turn for the warm. Highs for Regina and area will be a few degrees above seasonal for the weekend and near 30 early next week. Environment and Climate Change Canada's Terry Lang explains.
9: Well, the big ridge of high pressure starting to build in over western Canada, so uh, some uh, heat coming with that. We'll see a gradual increase in temperature with uh, highs probably peaking Tuesday, Wednesday of next week.
8: I'll have more in your forecast coming in a couple of moments. Hill Tower 2 tomorrow we will see dozens of people rappelling down the sides, all for a charitable cause. Participants as individuals and teams in the Easter Seals Drop Zone will be going down Hill Tower 2 all day tomorrow. Donna Moufflier at the Saskatchewan Abilities Council explains.
1: The Easter Seals Drop Zone is an adrenaline-pumping fundraising adventure that encourages you to get out of your comfort zone. And basically face your fears by repelling from one of Saskatchewan's highest buildings, and all of this in, is in support of individuals experiencing disability.:
8: All funds raised by the participants go to Easter Seal, Saskatchewan, including Camp Easter Seal. Manitoba is reporting its first case of West Nile virus in 2023, along with three other uh, probable cases it says are currently under investigation. The confirmed case is a person in their 40s who lives in Winnipeg and has been hospitalized with neurological symptoms. Manitoba Health says there were seven cases of West Nile in the province last year, five of which required hospitalization. The province is reminding people that weather conditions have encouraged the spread of the mosquito that carries West Nile, and a single bite can lead to infection. Most people experience mild or no symptoms, but But some cases can lead to hospitalization, a long recovery, and even death. A woman who tried to take her fight over COVID-19 vaccine requirements for organ transplants to Canada's top court has died. The former lawyer for Sheila Annette Lewis confirmed her death today. Lewis was placed on the organ transplant wait list in 2020 after being diagnosed with a terminal disease in 2018. However, she was told a year later that she would need to go get the COVID-19 vaccine before her transplant and she refused, arguing the requirement violated her charter rights. A new poll suggests Republican support for gun restrictions is slipping a year after U.S. Congress passed the most comprehensive firearms control legislation in decades. That bill had
9: bipartisan support, but even as the U.S. heads toward a record number of mass shootings in a year, the gulf over guns between the two parties has grown since. An AP Nork Center for Public Affairs Research poll finds 92 percent of Democrats want stronger gun laws in line with another poll 13 months ago, but Republican backing has dropped to 32 percent from 49 percent last summer. Despite the political divide, the poll finds both think it's important to reduce mass shootings. Enforcing background checks on all potential gun buyers enjoys strong bipartisan support. Sagar Magani, Washington.
8: And there are a few new things hitting screens, big and small, this weekend. Here's what you can
6: see. This whole thing is insane.
8: Gran Turismo races into the theaters this weekend. The film based on a true story about players of the video game who got a shot at becoming real race car drivers. It might take the top spot this weekend if it could fend off Barbie. Also new? Helen Mirren stars in Golda. I will not be taken a Film about former Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir. And streaming on Hulu, it's the comedy Vacation Friends 2. And on Netflix, Adam Sandler and his daughters star in the coming-of-age comedy, You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah.
4: That's why we fought the Nazis!
8: Jason Aidenson, ABC News, Hollywood. It's 5.05, that's your 6.20 CKRM News. Weather is next. News, brought to you by RefugeeCanada.net. Intervene to fight corruption in our courts and support access to justice. That's www.refugeecanada.net.
0: Sports. Talk. Lives. Here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Gage with your host, Michael Ball.
2: All right, let's get right to the phone lines here. This show is brought to you by Nelson Holmes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. We're joined by Three Down Nations, John Hodge. John? At this point, I don't think Cody Fajardo is any more than a glorified backup. He's absolutely embarrassing in big games. He was pathetic yesterday. It was, if they had any, if they had half decent, competent quarterbacking, oh, I don't know. If Caleb Evans was in the game, Montreal might win that thing because Winnipeg once again escapes with a victory uh, because the other team can take advantage. Like that was a 47 3 game without two defensive touchdowns.
9: Yeah, it, it was it was a pretty abysmal performance from from the Montreal Alouettes on offense, which which frankly I, I thought was kind of surprising. I mean, I mean, Cody came into the game, I think six touchdowns, five picks on the year. Not you know nothing, nothing crazy, but I mean, Jason Moss's offense is is not traditionally a lighted up kind of offense. It's kind of a you know West Coast pick your spot you know kind of conservative passing offense, but. I mean, this is a team that they, they, they put up, I think it was 174 net offensive yards for the game. Like that, I, I think that's the first time. You, even Edmonton, who have been shut out two times, I think they've at least hit 200. Like, I mean, you mentioned it three offensive points. The, the scoreboard certainly flattered Montreal in that regard, given the two defensive touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not ready to write Cody off completely, but it, it was certainly, especially off a of bye, right? Mm-hmm. I like think that's. that's you know, that's an yeah. embarrassing. Well.
2: I've watched uh, Top Gun many times. I know how it ends. So I've watched Cody three years. I know how it ends. You're not winning with Cody Fajardo as a quarterback. <laughs> that's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. Like he should be at this point, he should be Caleb Evans backup. Um but what's going on with Zach Kalaros? In the last two games he's played, he's throwing three pick sixes. And he threw another interception yesterday, too. Like, yeah, he threw a couple of touchdowns, but uh All is not right in Winnipeg, even though they're nine and two. They are. There is no dominant. I got Bomber fans lighting up my text line. Oh, classiest team in the league, and they're the. Listen, every team is beatable, uh, and I think if Trevor Harris can come back in October, which I'm hearing he's going to be, the Rough Riders have a more than a puncher's chance to win the whole thing.
9: I mean, I, I think that's fair. I mean. Back in week two, the Bombers did win in Regina by by a substantial amount. But at the same time, I mean, Winnipeg is a veteran team. Um, Injuries can play a role. Age can play a role. And obviously, the the Riders have been building a little bit here. Um, especially under the duress of, of some quarterback injuries that win over B C last week was was very impressive and Jake Dolagao I thought showed mm-hmm. showed a lot of impressive things. I mean as as for Kolaris I talked to Zach after the game and he just basically said, Look, sometimes my competitive side gets the best of me and I mean certainly on that first pass that he forced in, like like what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's first down, right? Like if it's third down with game on the line, by all means force it. Like like you have no choice. But this is the first play from scrimmage. It's first down. You got a sold-out crowd. You're, you're playing a team that's coming off a short week. Like just, just throw the ball away. Live, live to see another day. And he forced it in. And he did it again later on in the game. I mean, he threw he threw the interception to Kenny Waller. Kenny Lawler is very well covered. Full double coverage was not remotely open. Goes for a pick. And then I just think he he just missed Mark Anton de Quat changing the side of the formation on the third pick, but. That's something he's obviously got to do better. And it's yeah. something that, that I think he will. I mean, traditionally, he's done a good job of protecting the football. But, mm. but I'll do you one better, balls You mentioned three in the last two. He's got four in the last five. Whereas in his first, I think it was 36 starts in Winnipeg, he had zero. Yeah, so, so it's becoming an issue, and he's got to fix. it.
2: So let's be honest: they're nine and two. They're, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're not. That'd be green and white glasses. Totally, they're a good football team. Good teams find ways to win. I just think they're they're a beatable team. They're they're a lot more beatable than they've been in the past. Like I uh, I don't think the. When, they're gonna to have to. They're going to have to play good in terms of. I'm talking about the riders here. But it's not like in the past where everything had a fall year way to beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think the I think the Rough Riders have a pretty good chance here in the Labor Day Classic. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a great one. It's always good. What do you got tonight? How do you see this one shaking down Toronto and Calgary? Calgary. I didn't think they'd be this good uh, that good this year, but I didn't think they'd be this bad either.
9: I agree with you, Ballz. This is this is a must-win game. I'll, I'll say that for the Stampeders. I mean, they're three and seven, and I think Saskatchewan's win last week put a ton of pressure on the Stampeders. I mean, obviously the Riders now four points up in the West, not just two. Um, and, I, and I'm with you. Like I, I thought, the Stampeders' record last year flattered them at least a little bit. I didn't think they were as good as a 12-team win or 12-win team. Should have been, but I I still saw them as a nine-win team this year. You know, 500, you know, third place in the West Division kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But they have been very disappointing. I mean, they've lost to some very mediocre teams. Uh, I believe they're winless at home. Like, does anybody remember back in the day when you go to McMahon to die and it was just a, a foregone conclusion Oh the yeah, Stampeders would would win. That not only are, are those days done. Apparently, they've reversed now. Now the Stampeders can't win at home, which yeah. is wild. Yeah. And um, I mean, the CNE is on in Toronto. From what I understand, they're, they're expecting a good crowd. I mean, not by Regina or whatever yeah. standards, but they're expecting a good Toronto crowd. And um, I mean, if you're the Stamps, I, I think you got to win this one. They've lost four of their last five. They're already down, and uh, if they don't turn it around, pretty soon they're going to be out. This this is almost a must-win for them tonight.
2: Yesterday was interesting because in that uh, Winnipeg-Montreal game, players would be fined if they threw the ball in the crowd because there was chips in the ball. What can you tell me about that story? Like They they were doing a little extra data gathering, I guess.
9: Well, apparently, under the new system of Genius Sports, what they're going to be able to do—it's not up yet—and who's, who's to say <laughs> when this will be up? It might be up in the year 2073, ball.
2: That is Iowa hilarious. Ballpark. Yeah,
9: yeah. But apparently, one of the one of the things they're going to offer is when you go onto on the CFL's website, not only will you see stats, but you'll be able to see the game essentially happening in real time. Like there, there's going to be a field, and you know, if uh, Trevor Harris throws a, a 13-yard pass to Kean schaefer Baker, you're not only going to be able to see where the ball was thrown, you're going to see where where it went. And and you're going to be able to kind of follow the game in real time. And you're going to even be able to see things like how fast did the ball travel in the air? You know, I, I don't know who's asking to know exactly, you know, the kilometers per hour speed of the ball, but that's something the CFL is going to have offered. And so they've got these chips. As for how you get the chip in the ball, I have no idea. It's like getting the caramel inside of a caramel bar. I don't know how they do it. I just know it tastes good. And uh, we'll see how they get the chips in the ball. I don't know. But you're not allowed to throw them into the stands. You're right about that.
2: That's the, that's the thing that's interesting to me. Like, Genius Sports just re-signed on with the NFL. Okay, so obviously the NFL's happy with what Genius Sports is doing. So I don't know why it works so well there, and it's taken so long to do it here, and they're actually owners in the league now.
9: Well, it's because the games are different. And, I, you know, look, I've got American family. I have American friends. But sometimes the perception of Americans can be that, you know, it's just kind of the blind assumption that people do things their way. And so when an American company mm. gets into, or, or a company from overseas, I suppose I should say, you know, they just figure it's going to be the same. And from what I understand, the, the almost the entire issue of the statistics this year can be chalked up to the fact that Genius just completely underestimated how different the NFL is from the CFL because they already do a bunch of NFL stuff. If you work with all these other American leagues, the CFL game is completely different. And that's why when you see a lot of, let's call them CFL-only plays happen, things like a dribble, you know, a a, a punt or whatever, an onside punt, things, things that you don't see down there, they're reflected wrong in the stats because they simply don't have what we'll call it the digital infrastructure to reflect that. So that's that's my understanding is a lot of the issues currently facing the statistics system, which has improved over the course of the year but has obviously still not up to snuff. It's just because the games are different and and nobody took the time to really appreciate that and and, and have the forethought to, to to take that into consideration heading into twenty twenty three.
2: Interesting. So yeah and, and the other thing that drives me nuts, for instance, is uh, you got um last week riders playing B C uh, Rick Campbell doesn't have a challenge. Mitch Pickton makes a catch on the sidelines. Looks like it's going to help him seal the game. What happens? Well, uh, the, the command center calls down, and, uh, and then they have a big uh, replay. Yesterday, Cody Fajardo throws a pass down the middle that was a terrible pass. It got picked off, but he got hit in the head by Ricky Walker coming around the end. Okay, slaps him in the head like Deacon Jones. Uh Cody's got to run over and tell his coach Jason Moss to challenge. Why can't the command center come down and say, "Hey, that's a penalty"? Like I, I, I don't get the, the pick and choose of it. You know what I mean? Or, or Zach Kalaros, Listen, I'm I'm in favor of, in that sense, I was in favor of Ely not getting a fine because at the end. Zach was trying to make a play, and so the guy, you can't suspend gravity. It's easy to say, okay, he meant to hit him or whatever. But then T.J. Brunson comes down full steam. He's a taller guy. The other guy's smaller. The one guy makes a small move, you know, a little uh, jitterbug move, and he hits him, and it happens to be helmet-to-helmet, and they find him after the fact. I don't like the pick-and-choose of it.
9: That's fair. I mean, I, I am someone who thinks that, that that should have been called roughing the passer on Coney Ealy, um, and, and the one thing I will say too, and I've gotten a bunch of tweets from people about this, is a lot of people seem to be under the impression that that was not roughing the passer because Zach was out of the pocket and therefore mm-hmm. is not a passer. And mm-hmm. I have scoured the rule book that the CFL has on its website, it makes no accommodation, there is no difference. For someone being in the pocket versus out of the pocket,
6: mm-hmm. things are
9: different if a quarterback is 15 yards downfield and they're running and they're trying to make a play. But if you're behind the line of scrimmage throwing the ball, which Zach did because he threw a pick six on the play, as we yeah. talked about earlier, then you have the same protection. Now, in terms of the consistency, yeah, full board. I, I 100% get that. You're, you're never going to have perfect consistency. But it would be nice if, if there was a little bit more because, yeah, I love tap on the helmet. I, I do think, again, going by the letter law, that is a penalty yep. in the CFL. But exactly, we we maybe need to be a little bit more consistent across
2: the board. By the way, the sports cage listeners here today have just raised enough money for the fine, and then some of uh, T.J. Brunson. So I I got I got them on board, and we've raised the money. So he doesn't have to pay. He doesn't know that yet, but uh, that could be a breaking story on Three Down Nation, man. We did that. So There there you go. Hey, man, thanks for your time. Appreciate it, Paul. See anytime. See you, John. That's what we do. That's what we do here. That's what we do. That's how we do it here in Ryder Nation. That's right. We're going to get back uh, to uh, some of your techs and everything like that coming up. It's the sports cage for our uh, friends at Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years on 620 CKRM.
0: Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Coming up after 530, we got our sports cage Rewind, the second
2: one of the day with Kelly Jeffrey, an interview we had with the Riders OC earlier this week. We're the only media outlet that's been able to talk to riders this week during the bye week. We're the only media outlet that helps our team out too, in terms of raising money get to that in a second. Uh, We also hear uh, the, we'll go take you back into the time machine. We do a rider rewind. We're going to do a Rams rewind here as Sean Kleisinger is uh, the voice of the Rams. We're going to take you back to his first call as a Ram announcer and hear from Josh Donnelly as he'll join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. We've got a phone call there. Let's go to the phones. Who's this? Hello? This is Emery. Hi, Emery. What's up, bud? Oh, you sound better today, bud. Yeah, I'm feeling better. I am feeling a lot better. I am. I just I'm
9: enjoying your show and I'm enjoying your play the play of the Riders. That's awesome, man. Keep it up.
2: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Did you hear Zinger yesterday do the Rams game? It was a fun man. It was a great time. I missed it. Well you're gonna, gonna hear of. you're gonna hear the rewind coming up here, buddy, uh, in a few minutes. You'll get to hear what uh, Zinger sounds like doing the Rams games. Awesome. When is he gonna do the next one? Uh, he's doing the next one September 1st. That's next Friday. A week from today, Rams open up the season against UBC. 7 o'clock kickoff, 6.30 pregame show. So there you go, with him and Ryan Hall.
6: Uh, I'll try and tune in to that one.
2: Thanks, man. Thanks for being a good listener. I appreciate it.
6: Yeah, have a good weekend. You
2: Thanks, too. man. You too. So let's go through this, Zinger. Uh, yeah. Tyson Craney, TC and Medicine Hat, $150. He gave, he gave us that. He said, hey, love this initiative, fellas. This is an example of why we are, without question, Canada's team. No other franchise in the CFL would or could do this. We paid off Duke's fine last year. Yeah, we did. Uh, I got a text from Jim. Jim wants to know, why aren't you paying off Anthony Lanier's? He got fined, too. Yeah, he did. But Anthony Lemier, and Lanier is the, high, the second, is the highest-paid American defensive player in the CFL, 250000 He makes way more than Brunson. And as you pointed out, we're, we're protecting the integrity of the game. That's what football's about. Going down there, three phases of the game, NFL, XFL, USFL, they don't have this. There's not, oh, the touchback. Oh, you could fair catch it. No, you got to go down and do something with the football on every play. Hey, and I like the NFL. I love the NFL. Okay, lots of great players there. But I'm telling you, in our league, we want to preserve that. We love people going down and tackling people. Playing the absolute boom. Now, if he would have kicked somebody in the cojones, we wouldn't pay for his butt. But that was a clean, good, hard, solid football play. The best hit in the young history of Mosaic State. Stadium. He looked like old Mo Lloyd there in number forty-seven, trucking downfield, and he seems like a good kid too. So
3: I can't even think of another hit that's happened no, at Mosaic no, Stadium. Nothing like, like that.
2: that, huh? Now the the other impactful one, for the all the wrong reasons, was Garrett Marino's against Jeremiah Masoli, but that oh. was dirty, and that was. Yeah. We, 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 we didn't raise money for we that. Fine, no, though. we we didn't we didn't. Although I don't think he should have been cut, but that's a story for another yeah. day. He got this text from um From Dan and Bollier. Bollier, Saskatchewan. Not Bollier, Manitoba. My Uncle uh, Britt, my Auntie Rose used to live there. My Uncle Harold owns a a cafeteria, a cafe there. So go check out, get yourself some good steaks there. I don't know what he named it, but anyway. Bollier,
3: Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's about 50 minutes north of
2: here, huh? Yeah, it's uh, just north of like... Regina uh, Beach. Silton uh, Craven area, Regina Beach, yeah. When you say the Bombers will be coming into Regina next week with a cocky attitude, you must be confusing them with some other team. No, I watch how cocky they are on the field. Field. I do. Uh, they're not that way. That's not how they operate. They will come, play a hard-nosed football game, and get ready the following week. Great coaching, great management, and by far the classiest organization in the CFL. Dan from Bully. Well, they are well coached. They have proven to have great management. Uh, classy organization? Eh, I know of uh, one real intimate story where... Uh, well, he told it on the air. I think we can tell it. Kyle Borsa of the of Regina, a good Saskatchewan kid, who's now over at uh, the uh, physical education teacher over at Riffle High School is going to be a, a assistant coach. High draft pick of the Blue Bombers, got tapped in the middle of the night, woke woken up. There's Mike O'Shea standing in his room. Said, "Kid, didn't work out. Your stuff's on the side of the road. See you later." Didn't tell him why. Didn't tell him what he can work on. Told him his stuff's on the side of the road. Man, that reeks a class, doesn't it? That's all class right there.
3: Yeah, that's a good classy move. That's
2: true. That's not me making that up. That's what that's I said. A true
3: story. Yeah, he told it. He told it live on the But here.
2: Mike O'Shea is a great coach. There's no doubt about it. And They got great management, and they're a hard-nosed football team. There's no doubt about that. Uh, are they cocky? You damn right they're cocky. The fans are cocky. The fans forgot for 29 years they were doormats. (laughs) they forgot for 29 years people wouldn't go listen
3: that's why they're so cocky
2: congratulations and I'm happy you have a great you have a great fan base you finally decided to show up and cheer on your team last year was the first time in the history of your team that you led the league in attendance and you were in the Grey Cup in 2019 and won it, and in 2021 and won it, and last year was the first year you led the league. That yeah, took, took a, a couple years, took a couple years. Way to yep. get up the speed! Oh, but we got an NHL team. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yep, you do. Congratulations. That's an you NHL. You also team. have. You also have. That's an NHL. Arena. Almost, there's almost as many people living in Winnipeg as in the province of Saskatchewan. Yeah. So um, no, the fan base. Look at the ratings. Look at everything. You have a great fan base. We have a great fan base. I still think our fan base is the best in the entire league, as evidenced by... Tyson Craney, $150. Robert Anderson, $100. Curtis Moore, $25. Sheldon Metaluski, $25. Todd and Don Wilson Horner, $25. Sean Kleisinger donated money. Phil Benson donated money. Michael Ball donated money. Mark C. Sorensen donated money. Kelly Bruce donated money. Dennis Krenkowicz donated money. Andrew Tutty donated money. And Wes Saworski donated money. To the tune of... At least right by now, $570. So we have paid off the fine of TJ Brunson. Second time I've been a part of doing this. First time with Scott Schultz. We did five times the amount. And this time we just got past the uh the fine total. The rest of the money will go to charity.
3: So how are we gonna is this gonna be like a nice fat check? How are how, how are we gonna do this, I I'm intrigued. Figured,
2: I haven't figured this out yet, but we will have some sort of social media presentation, okay? I will get TJ Brunson when he comes back next week, next week to do a video thanking all these people by name for we help We should take a
3: video in person giving him a check
2: should come in here and we should do it yeah, on a Wednesday next we week do. That's what we should do next yeah. week because I'm gone Thursday, Friday Let's do that Let's book it Let's book it Let's book it. book it Let's book it TJ's coming TJ's coming Congratulations Rider Nation Great job helping pay that off because you're the best fan base in the Canadian Football League Well, you got nothing there. You don't have an NHL team.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And we are back with your sports ticker. It's 533 here. And your sports ticker is brought to you by Busy B Overhead. The Toronto Blue Jays in action right now against the Cleveland Guardians. And the Jays have a 1-0 lead in the second inning because George Springer hit a nice solo shot. We have some breaking news in the National Football League as well. Ballsy Trey yeah. Lance.
2: Trey Lance is getting traded apparently to the Dallas Cowboys according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Uh, Lance fell to third on the 49ers depth chart during training camp behind Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. 49ers traded three first round picks plus a third round pick to the Dolphins to move up to get Lance. So more details to come. I'm not sure Um what they traded. But I want to go through this while I have a second zinger, okay? Mm -hmm. So I was doing a little digging here on this. You know, we're talking about what were they smoking and that just looks bad for the 49ers. But here are all the third overall picks since 1999, okay? So fourth round draft pick he's being traded for. Okay, fourth round? Okay, so that's actually pretty high. So the third overall pick in 1999 went to the Bengals out of Oregon, quarterback Akili Smith. I think Mm -hmm. he played a couple of years. Uh, then it was the Redskins in 2000 taking Chris Samuels. Then it was uh, Gerard Warren of the Browns in 2001. I think he was a lineman, if I'm not mistaken. Joey Harrington, quarterback at Oregon, third overall in 2002 <laughs> to the Lions. <clears throat> Andre Johnson, good receiver, going to the Texans, third overall yeah, that's a in 2003. One. The next year, another Hall of Fame receiver, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, 2004, went to the Cardinals. Braylon Edwards, a receiver out of uh Michigan, to the Browns in 2005, third overall. Vince Young, the former rider who had a cup of coffee here, went to the Titans 2006, big Rose Bowl champion. He was eh. Joe Thomas, Hall of Famer, third overall to the Browns 2007, maybe the greatest lineman in Browns history. Matt Ryan, 2008, third overall. Uh... Tyson Jackson, Chiefs, 2009. Have you ever heard of him? Tyson I don't, Jackson, he's no, no good. No, I've heard of Michael Jackson, but not Tyson Jackson. Uh, Stu Jackson, the NBA coach. Gerald McCoy, Buccaneers. He was a good uh, defensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 2010. Uh, Marcel Darius, Bills, 2011, was the third overall pick. Trent Richardson, another former Rough Rider, went to the Cleveland Browns third overall, 2012. He was out of Alabama. He was eh. Deion Jordan to the Dolphins 2013. Blake Bortles, 2014, third oh. overall to the Jags. Joey Bosa's a high one, 2016 to the Chargers. Sam Darnold with the Jets, who's with the 49ers now, but to the Jets, third overall 2018. So you get what I'm saying? Not very, about, not very, yeah. Maybe 25% of them are good at the third, not the third round pick, not the 330th yeah. pick, the third overall pick. So we laugh at the 49ers, but a lot of teams miss there. So they get a fourth round pick. He goes to the Cowboys to back up Dak Prescott. So there you go, former NDSU quarterback Trey Lance on the move.
0: We're on a rampage. Football covered.
2: All right, yeah, the U of R Rams played the Manitoba Bisons yesterday, 26-7, a preseason tilt there. Uh The Rams used five quarterbacks in the game. Who cares about the score? Uh, we just got to see some different faces, and we got to hear some different voices behind the mic. Ryan Hall, the former Ram, longtime amateur football coach running tackling camps across Saskatchewan, is the Rams' color commentator, and I had known that for a while because I hired him to work with Daniela Ponticelli, but Daniela Ponticelli Kelly with her various work commitments uh, has decided to step away. So we got Sean Kleisinger in, and he was smiling like a butcher's dog to call his first game. Uh, Admittedly, it was a dog's breakfast with like 140 players on the field. But here's how it sounded: this is what we call the Ram rewind.
3: Pelshe gets the snap. Slant underneath, complete the stepman. Breaks one tackle. He's near the first down marker, and he will get the first down. Brought down past the 30-yard line. Shotgun snap. Deshinski. Another quarterback drop the middle. He spins off one tackler and he picks his way across for a first down, showing some athleticism there. It Olivier Savard in the backfield to snap to Pelche. He's looking over the middle. Finds his man Stusick just shy of the Manitoba Bison's 50-yard line. That's good enough for a Rams first down. a Again of about 14 yards. handoff off to Olivier there. Savard. Has a hole up the middle. Across the 40. 35 down to the 30 yard line of the Bisons. Right between the hash marks he goes. Olivier Savard. First down Rams. Dushinsky looking left all the Uh-oh. way. arcs one deep. Finds his man wide open at the Rams. 30 that's Bond. Breaks one tackle. He's inside the 10 yard line now. Busting coverage there for the Rams. As Sharp is in the shotgun. Finley beside him. Sharp gets the snap. He's looking right all the way. Into the end zone and it's Dropped in and out of the hands He had it, but then he lost it Number 6, Tyson Orgard, Right after we compliment the guy He drops <laughs> it He's got the batter fingers The snap, the sharp, sharp looking left Finds his man wide open in the end zone, and he's going to tippy-toe and prance in there for a touchdown. Tristan Hutter, wide open. Nobody followed him. Sieben rolling back, setting up a screen, complete to Garwood. He has room to run across the 40, 45, across the 50, midfield. in 50, it 45, 40, 30, inside the 20. What a pitch and catch. It wasn't much of a throw, but it doesn't need to be when he set up a screen like that. A huge first down. We are on the goal line so Sieben under center. Hand off to Garwood. He's up the left side and he walks into the end zone for a touchdown. Regina sharp in the shotgun. Three receivers near side of the field. Hand off to Finley Duncan. Nowhere to go. He's met in the backfield by three Rams. Defense alignment. What a play there by number 95 Mark Pierlock. Shotgun snap to Sharp. He's going to hurl one deep right side of the field down the sidelines. He leaps up for it and makes the catch. That's number 10, Nathan Udo once again making big plays for the Bisons. Von Lloyd has checked into the game at running back for the Whoa. Bisons and the snap goes over Sharp's head and he's chasing it like a chicken in a farmyard <laughs> and he falls on it at the 25 yard line. You got three receivers far side left of the field, two to the near side right. Sharp is going to roll left, plants his feet, fires left corner of the end zone, and he finds his man complete in the end zone. That's a touchdown. Cheap for Rogers. the Bison. That's a big one by Jake Roger as Sieben is under center now. Sieben, handoff up the middle, the welter, he spins off one tackler, he's across midfield into bison territory across the 50-yard line near side of the field. Here we go on second down, he's under pressure, not much room to go and he's brought down with the quarterback sack, Mr. Richards, Riley Richards is having himself a game and he absolutely just pummeled up to the turf. The Manitoba Bisons have come away with a 26-7 win.
0: We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Yes, this is our Rampage Report.
2: We're going back to last night's game here on the Sports Cage. Uh, our show on Fridays brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. We're talking with Josh Donnelly, former Rams quarterback now helping out coach a team we'll get into that in a second josh but uh, let's talk about the game yesterday uh 26-7 game who cares about the scoreboard what did you like from the quarterbacks and the offense yesterday
10: Uh, i think there's a lot of good stuff that uh we put on tape there's absolutely some things we need to clean up and and learn from but i think uh noah did a good job he came in only just for the first half and uh he executed the offense kind of just how we talked about now we saw him doing a camp and he made some good throws, took a couple of hits, um, which was good too, to shake the rust off a little bit. Uh, but all in all, it was a it was a good game.
2: Tell us about that tall, lanky kid from BC, 6'3, 185, 190. He's uh, very tall, but he comes in there and he uh, I guess looked pretty good.
10: Yeah, he's uh he's been impressive all camp. Um really playing uh past his his age and his experience, and um we've been impressed, and it was good to see him um not only do it in practice but now show it uh in the game with uh live bullets and um he he did uh he did well so yeah we were impressed with him
2: and uh of course so flared has been around and apparently uh just listening to the broadcast with sean kleisinger and ryan hall he uh, fared pretty well as well at times
10: yeah no, he had a great game too uh we we've, we know kind of um uh, more what we we can expect from braddon he's been here for a while and um he's done a great job at camp and he's been uh he's been a good leader and that's uh, quarterback room, helping the younger guys, kind of showing them the way, and uh, got in there and showed uh, them just how to do it. So yeah, he was, he was good too.
2: Josh, uh, what's the strength of this offense this year? Do you believe?
10: um I think we're we're very versatile. I think we've got a lot of different guys that can that can make plays. um When the receiver room is, there's a couple different different names that pop up, and then uh having a quarterback that's been here for longer than a year now is is exciting. He's uh, last year being Noah's first year, um, obviously some rookie mistakes and stuff like that, but um, you can tell he's kind of settled in. He feels a lot more calm back there, and uh, we're excited to see what he can do.
2: You're around the same age as him, so you can relate to him. I mean, I know you're a few years older, but just talk about uh, how that might help you when you're uh, giving him advice because you just went through some of this stuff yourself.
10: Absolutely, and even just not being you know too far removed from the game, I, I still feel I have a sense of what it's like back there, uh, kind of the feeling of, you know, actually having guys running at you, dealing with, you know, the other twelve guys in the field. Um, it's it's good. I think it, it helps and we can kinda of go back and forth and, and talk that up rather than just, you know, drawing something on the whiteboard and and uh knowing it'll work on paper versus actually the feeling of running in the game, stuff like that. So I think it's a it's a good benefit.
2: Josh Donnelly, what do you like about Noah Pelche's game? What what do you think he's gonna be good at
10: this year? Dude's a playmaker. He can he can rip the ball. I know he has a he's a baseball background and some of the throws he's made in camp it's kinda of just like holy crap, that's, uh, that's a ball. So I'm excited to see what he can do.
2: You have always been a student of the game. How much has that helped you in this transition?
10: Uh, immensely. I, and I love that, that aspect of it. It's been, uh, honestly, it's a lot of fun uh, watching film. To me, breaking down plays, breaking down coverages, all that sort of stuff. So um, it's, uh, it doesn't really feel like work. I, I really do
2: enjoy it. Now, this has uh, come a lot faster than you thought. Is it something you always wanted to do? Did you always want to be a coach after your playing days were done?
10: Uh, I, I think so I hadn't really thought about it too much uh, and now that I'm here I think it was uh, deep down this is kind of what I always wanted to do. Uh,
2: now are, if I can uh, you know I know from my kids own experience there they have what they call grad assistance in the states where they can uh, still get their scholarship and help out coaching is that kind of where you're at right now in terms of uh, doing that because you're not playing?
10: Uh, yeah yeah exactly I got uh, a couple classes left I'll finish up this semester and then uh, after that, I'll be graduate, and then I'll figure out uh, what I'm doing after that. Yeah, so, yeah. How tough?
2: How tough has this been for you, though, man? You're a competitor. You're, uh, you know, a high achieving athlete, and to have your playing career cut short because of concussions, it, it's got to be kind of bittersweet for you.
10: Yeah, absolutely. the uh, The first couple of months after was was tough, and I stepped away from the team and uh, and football in general for you know a couple of months just to take some time to myself and kind of figure out life moving forward here. And, and I think it was pretty clear once I stepped away that I, I loved it and I wanted to be around it. And coaching has been a good substitute. I can still scratch that, that football itch and uh, help, you know, the other players around me and kind of give back to what uh, the team and, and game that's given so much to me. It's kind um, like, Yeah, give back to them.
2: It's kind of like playing real live Madden, isn't it?
10: Yeah, a little bit, especially up in the booth. You can kind of see it from a bird's eye view. It's it's been pretty cool.
2: Is it tough being a coach though when you're not that far removed from the game in terms of respect and dealing with guys? say, like a Stuhec and things like that. Like I'm talking the player Stuhec.
10: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a good balance. Um, I'm trying, you know, to work because a lot of those guys are my friends, and and I've I've made a point to try to set some boundaries. Um, but I think the guys um, respected me, kind of in that sense. And, uh, you know, they always listen to me as a player, you know, whether it was schemes or, or telling them how to run their route, stuff like that. So um, I, I show them the utmost respect, and I, I think I get it back from a lot of them. So it hasn't been too tough.
2: What do you appreciate now about the Mark McConkey's and the Dwayne Mason's and Jeff Stusick's uh, of the world, you know, the time and effort coaches put in? What do you appreciate now more than when you're on that side of the, you know, the field?
10: just exactly what you said all the time and effort that goes in all the all the behind the scenes stuff it's pretty pretty crazy the the preparation you know it's it as soon as the season's over the the planning for next year starts you know right in december so we've been at this for a long time and had a lot of meetings and and film sessions and chalk talks and all that sort of stuff and um it's exciting that the season's finally here
2: so uh Nothing was expected of your team last year. You were picked by last and uh definitely exceeded expectations. What do you think a fair and realistic expectation is of this team? This year you're losing some key guys on defense. Got a pretty good old line by the sounds of it. Uh you, we talked about the quarterback, got some uh, good returning receivers and you've got uh you know Sokol coming over from uh from the Thunder. What's a realistic expectation Josh uh Josh Donnelly of the Uvar Rams?
10: I think our expectations is always to, to win the west i think that's you know always been the hardest part um obviously step 1 is to to win week 1 so that's kind of the the goal right away and then just from there um i'm really excited to see what our offense can do and actually i think our defense is going to do great things i know Sheldon gray we always have the the utmost trust in, in him and what he can kind of put together and and we got some new guys in that end too so it's going to be exciting to see we're going to we're going to have a different look for sure but i'm I'm still confident in what our guys can do yeah so it's not easy replacing
2: names like ford and varga in the defense you guys had a pretty good defense last year is there a little more pressure on the offense at least early on this season to pick up the slack a little bit till those guys maybe get up to speed a bit
10: Uh, absolutely i think we have a lot of guys coming back on offense and and like you said um you know great o line some great receivers and i think all those guys uh have set the bar high for themselves personally so um you know i think if they can kind of put it all together uh we can we can do some pretty cool things
2: what do you know lastly about ubc coming in here
10: uh not too much they uh they lost some big names as well and uh we won't have any preseason film on them i think their their preseason game got canceled so uh yeah we're we're kind of going in a little bit blind but you know, they they uh you know, always teams in the Cat West always run kind of similar stuff, so we're preparing uh like we have in the past and we'll kinda go from there.
2: And do you think that preseason game will help you guys in terms of banging off the rust and give you a little bit of a head start on them?
10: Absolutely. I think there's always, you know, a little bit of jitters, a little bit of nerves. The off season's so long, so to to get back into actual game situations and and live bullets which are really hard to replicate on the practice field i think that was a huge benefit for us
2: well i know you wanted to play and i would have uh, loved to seen you play and mature that way because you were a playmaker too but i'm glad you're still around the game and helping to develop the stars of tomorrow today thanks josh donnelly i appreciate it
6: thanks for having me